Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the Just Saying podcast. Today, we get into our holiday rankings, some NFL week eight talk, and also some hoops. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Just Saying Podcast, Episode 7. Today is November 4th, 2021, and got some content for you to, today for you guys. It's, it's just been a weird week in the NFL, NBA, that kind of stuff. So, I mean... Let's dive right let's in. Let's dive right into well, it. Actually, first, November 4th, we get through Halloween. Um, ho- I mean, I'm not a Halloween guy. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I think that... Our first uh, true national holiday on this podcast uh, calls for a little holiday power rankings. Mm. I like that we're starting off with this, actually. We had talked about this. We actually had a conversation about this, like, what, two and a half months ago? Yeah. And actually a, dove in deep. A very passionate conversation. Very passionate. So why don't, why don't you give your, your rankings? Um, for me, it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm a Thanksgiving number one guy, okay. uh, and it's perfect because Thanksgiving's coming around right around the corner. Um, I think it's, it's the powerhouse, you know, clear number one. I don't understand why people don't like Thanksgiving. Um, my <laughs> number two give your reasons though, for why I think, I mean, it's just amazing. Like it's, it's the start of like the holiday spirit when people start saying like happy holidays. Right, like, okay. That's, that's a really cool niche about, uh, like November and December saying happy holidays mm, when, to January. Yeah, yeah. Saying happy holidays to like a, a fast food worker as you leave. For no reason other than it's just happy holidays. Everyone's just happy. Yeah, Everyone's just in a good mood for yeah. the most part. Uh, but Thanksgiving, for sure. Seeing the family, eating big. Uh, I love that. Football, obviously. Um, and then for two, it would have to be uh, you know, a combination of like the Christmas Hanukkah uh, okay. time. Uh, NBA on Christmas morning is always my favorite thing. Uh-huh. Obviously love that time of year. Um, for me... This is where it got a little, little tricky. So did you just do your top three? Just asking really quick. Or did you do five? Or like I had five I had five listed. Okay, I did three. That's, that's I, had totally t- fine. I had a tie for three. That's totally fine. Yeah, for me, I, I edged out July 4th uh, as number three. Oh, yeah. I, I spaced on 4th of July. That's a huge one. I, I, and I'm not a, a massive, like, uh, you know, like, sit out and drink beer and, like, blast country music on July 4th guy. But, like, it's, it's a great spirit. You know what I mean? The oh, fireworks. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. excited. Everyone's happy. Uh for me, number four was a. Uh, it was kind of a toss up. I uh, I was really passionate about Labor Day. Uh, you know, you get back, mm. you get back in school out of, mm. out of summer. You get a nice three day weekend to right. start the year off. Right. Huge fan. Uh, and then Memorial Day, obviously, because the implications, and that's at the end of the year. Right. And then I just had Halloween at the far bottom of the power okay. rankings. That's fair. Yeah. So, to give you my perspective on this list, I had Christmas one. Mm-hmm. When we had talked about this before, I know that I said. My biggest thing is like, for me and my family, I always get so excited, not even to open gifts, but to see my family members open the gifts that I saw, I thought was know. best fit yeah. for them. You know, you I know, thought they'd know, really know. like, yeah. yeah. So I get really excited about that. Like, Such a giver. For example, <laughs> I got my dad a, a cameo from uh, Cream. Cameo, what? It's like oh, 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 from Kareem. I remember yeah, yeah. this from Kareem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was really cool. They made a personalized message, or he made a personalized message for my dad. And my dad's always been a huge Kareem fan. So uh, this Abdul Jabbar, just for you guys listening, <laughs> Lul Sindor, Lul Sindor. Yeah, excuse me. So he's really, really pumped about that. Um, so I just, I that's my thing about Christmas. Like every, I mean, you're baking cookies every, like every other day, watching Christmas movie, movies, all the good music. 
That's fair. Um, my so, mom already has the Christmas music. Oh, dude, my mom has sent multiple Snapchats of her singing along to Christmas music, which, it's by great. the way, cringy. Very, very bad. Love you, mom. But um, so yes, yeah, so that's why that's my number one. I just like seeing people open gifts and getting that reaction out of them and that joy. Respect. Um, and by the way, to your point about basketball being on Christmas, there's also going to be football on Christmas this I, year. I know. So that's, that's big. some double trouble. It, the there. Cardinals play on Christmas Day. Oh, really? Yeah, that's going to be awesome. They play the Colts on primetime on Christmas Day. That's nice. Yeah. So you get you get the double trouble there. Yeah. Um, and then Thanksgiving's my two. Kind of like what you mentioned. You get to eat as much as you want without being shamed for it. Like everyone's just trying to look pregnant by the end yeah. of the night. Um, and, and you eat for multiple days. Leftovers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Leftovers are like probably the best part. The better. And then, I mean, literally, if you're not helping cook, all you do is sit around all day. Yeah. So basically, that's I'm my sitting vibe. around all day because yeah. uh, my mom usually takes a head on that. I'm um, not trusted in the kitchen. Oh, so. neither am I. I don't yeah. have any skills in that aspect. But um, so Thanksgiving my two. You kind of dove into like why it's just awesome. But mm-hmm. um, those are obviously the unanimous top two, I think, for most people at least. And then my three, you mentioned it. I completely forgot it, but the 4th of July is just kind of an awesome summer holiday. You're out of school. You just Great kinda, time. Yeah. And then four, I kind of have a tie between Halloween and Valentine's Day. Wow. Valentine's Day is fun if you're in a relationship. And also, like, my mom usually goes hard for it. So, like, I, like we'll have dinner and, like, she'll get the heart-shaped pizza from, like, Pizza Hut. And then, like, she makes, like, she calls them Jello Jigglers. They're, like, 3D, like, like hearts out of Jello. Wow. So, those are, she, like, everything's red. That's so, amazing. So, she goes in for that. My mom's... Notorious for going in on holidays, so I've never celebrated a Valentine's Day uh, with with the family. So my mom celebrates cool every holiday. She loves holidays, <laughs> like for Christmas, the house, bro. I mean, it's almost cluttery at that point, but it's yeah. just like awesome. It's that's how just, it goes. It's a vibe, yeah. Um, let's dive into some actual sports talk. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to quickly just kind of recap since we both did very poorly on our projections for yeah this last week? Why don't we? Kind of recap that really quick and get that out of the way so we can kind of forget about it. Let's just, yeah, let's start off by saying we're broken. We're broke. Our our projections are officially broken. Yeah, so overall, Jack is 72 for 106. I pulled away barely this week, so I'm 75 for 106. I'm going to take a 70% clip very happily, honestly. Not not too bad. Um, So, Jack, this week you went 6 for 15. That's tough. I went 9 for 15. I think I bottomed out there. So I'll just tell you the ones that you missed. So you missed cards. You, re- you really don't need to tell me anything further past cards. Well, you also picked Jags over Seahawks. A uh, l- little questionable there, but... Let's not talk about let's it. Let's not talk about <laughs> it. Um, so <laughs> with that being said, let's just hop in straight to week nine, get these out of the way really quick. So Thursday night game, Jets at Colts. Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot that we're going right into yeah, predictions. Let's, uh, let's just get into it. Uh, I, I got the Colts in okay. a big one. Oh, that's tonight. Yeah, that is tonight. We were recording this a day later than usual. Oh, um, yeah, I'll take Colts too. I don't. Although Mike White had a great game, I don't uh, know if he can replicate it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Falcons at Saints. Falcons at Saints. Oh, that's tough. Hmm. I picked Falcons last week and I was devastated. Um, I'm gonna do it again. Falcons. Okay. I'm gonna go Saints here, even with Yamis out. Jameis Winston. Uh, Broncos at Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going the boys, too. Uh, okay. Pats at Panthers. Battle of the four and four teams. Pats at Panthers. I'm going to take the Pats. The Pats have kind of uh, come into form lately. I think Mac Jones is playing some good ball. I'm going to go Panthers. 
So we'll see. We already got two. Yeah. Um, Vikings at Ravens. Uh, Ravens. I'm going Ravens as well. I can see a Vikings win now. Battle of the purple teams. Actually, no. I, I like Ravens. I mean, Mike Simmers is just like... I don't know. I don't know what's good with Mike Simmer. Plus, I mean, when you have Lamar, favorable yeah. matchup for any team. Kirk Cousins is playing the best ball. Of his he career. is. He actually is playing pretty good. He's playing very well. For some reason, they're still under five hundred, which is a little worrisome. Yeah, well, it's, it's the Vikings. That is the Vikings. <laughs> um, Browns at Bengals. Browns let down game this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Bengals. I, I'm sorry. I think I said yeah. Browns. No, Bengals lost to the Jets, which was sucked. I had Bengals heavy. Yeah. Um, what was the game again? Browns at Bengals. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about both these teams. I know they're both. Both kind of odd. Yeah, and Baker playing with this torn labrum and all this talk in the locker room with OBJ. I think I might go Bengals. I'm also going Bengals just for the reasons that you said. I'm not really confident in uh, Baker at this point. Bills at Jags. I mean, I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, I'm going Bills too. By a milli. If they lose, I'd be depressed. Uh, Texans at Dolphins. The battle of the 1 and 7. That's teams. tough. I'm going to take the Dolphins, though. I think that also. Oh, Tyrod's back. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he is back. I'm still going to take the Dolphins. They've been playing. I mean, they're they're not that good, obviously. Which we need to really get into when we talk some uh, hot seat. Oh yeah, some uh, hot seat power rankings. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll take the Dolphins. I'm also taking the Dolphins just because even if Tyrod is coming back, he hasn't played in a while. So yeah, and I got Jalen Waddle on my fantasy team. <laughs> got a rep. Uh, Raiders at Giants. Another team in turmoil here mm, yeah. against the Giants. No more. Six. No Saquon again with COVID. Uh, I'll probably go Raiders. I'm just running Raiders too. Yeah, I'm not happy about that pick. We got to talk some Raiders. Yeah, definitely. That game could go either way. Um, except the Giants are at home, so they yeah. can't win at home. They, so. Yeah, they, that's actually funny. They don't win at home. Daniel Jones is a mediocre quarterback in general. Uh, horrible at home, Worse at and, home and pretty solid on the road. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. But, you know, uh, Chargers at Eagles. Chargers at Eagles. Ooh. Chargers are a weird team. I'm going to go the Eagles. The okay. Eagles started. They figured out how to run the ball this week. Uh, Sirianni maybe expanded the play sheet more than uh, 20 calls, which is nice to see. They do have a ground game, um, and the Chargers can't defend the run at all. That's true. I, I'm going to go Chargers just because I think their offense is pretty high powered, and I think their defense is decent. But like, like you said, Herbert's been questionable lately. He has, and the team as a whole has been questionable lately. Yeah. But I'm still going to stick with them. If they lose this week, then I'll start picking against them for sure. Uh, Packers at Chiefs. No Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I got the Chiefs. He's got COVID. Yeah, we'll talk about that one too. That was uh, a funny one. I. Yeah, I'll take the Chiefs too. I don't really trust Jordan Love. I think he's gonna be pretty solid. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Let's let's talk about that later. We'll, I actually we'll see. I yeah. don't I don't really believe in him that much. Uh, cards at Niners. Uh, I have the cards. Yeah, I have the cards too. I mean, I've picked them every week. So I'm just yeah, keep you got it. to. Yeah. Uh, Titans at Rams. Six uh, and two versus seven and one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Rams, sadly, but... Uh, we also have to mention later on yeah, when we, the new addition to, yeah. the, to the squad. When we talk about that, I have, I have a, uh, a personal uh, opinion on the oh. on the Titans that I think is pretty interesting. Okay, we'll see. And then Bears at Steelers Monday night. I'm uh, going Bears just because I yeah. stuck with them. Justin oh. Fields played good last week. I'll probably go Steelers. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Right. That's probably <laughs> going to be correct. So you start laughing. I'm, I'm not even uh, not even upset there. So those are our picks. Uh, let's move right along here. Um, should we just get into the the glaringly obvious point about Henry Ruggs? Clear that yeah. out of the way as well. Just so we don't yeah, have to talk yeah. about that. Let's. Yeah, I mean, 
there's no humor in the situation. No so we're, we're not going to try and even make any sort of joke out of it. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Extremely sorrowful for yeah. both uh, parties involved. I mean, I, I, my only statement is just use Uber and Lyft and just keep it at that. Especially if you have that much money and you have the ability to do so. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things you could say. It's, it's really tough. It's a really sad situation. It's tough because he's 22. Just threw his life away. Absolutely. He, was, he may have been, like, he was coming on the season at the end, like, just... Yeah, at I the mean, end of the second half or first half, he was playing pretty well. He's a game breaker with his speed, or he, or he was. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad to say. It's sad to say in past tense. I really like. I think it's kind of just like so blue to talk about. You know what I mean? It's just so depressing. No, it's tough. For, uh, most importantly, for uh, the family, the family, the other family. But yeah. Let's. Should we just leave it at that? Use Uber. Leave and, it at that and um, be smart. And just we talked about this too, but the Raiders ever since they signed OBJ or not OBJ, excuse me, AB. Have kind of been a dumpster fire. What was that? Uh, I was saying in our in our fantasy group chat, the uh, Raiders thirty for thirty is going to open with uh, Antonio Brown getting treatment for his frostbite foot, and and the rest is going to be history. And helmet gate. Yeah, yeah, and, dude, and that'll dude. be interesting. But let's uh, let's jump past that. Yep. And let's start about let's talk about the football or this past week in football week eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, week yeah, eight. Week I'm eight. sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's just start it off with our good old segment. All right, LeBron, go down. LeBron James started off hot. Who started off hard this week? So my first person that I had on the list, I'm almost positive you'll have him too, is Mike White. Maybe you uh, don't have him. That is my first name. Okay, so there, there you go. Uh, uh, you just you just share the stats. Uh, 82% completion percentage, 405 yards, three touchdowns. He did have two picks, but he had 107.9 rating. And also, he got a jersey put in the Hall of Fame, so... I mean, or in the in the pro football yeah, offense. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, let me just start off by saying that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's the last time a guy threw forty five passes in his first start? Well, didn't he? Something he was like tied with Cam Newton for the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to what was that stat? Do you have that? Yeah, I have it right here. Uh, Mike White joined Cam Newton as the only quarterback since at least nineteen fifty with four hundred plus passing yards in their first career start. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, also, I went back and watched uh, Mike White at Western Kentucky. He was he, he was, had it. He was there. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a very fun team to bet on. Let me put it to you that way. They weren't that great, but but they slung the rock. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you. They, if he was completing <laughs> balls like that in an NFL game, I bet you all they did was throw. But now we're heavy on the Mike White train. So let me they put, do have Flacco though. So what's going to happen in that situation? Well, let me put it. Let me ask you this: If Mike White. It plays good football for the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. And I'm just talking like on par. Obviously, there's probably going to be a regression from 400 yards. Let's just say he averages like 250. Well, yeah, let's just say he's playing solid ball. Like noticeably better than Zach Wilson, which is like very feasible after the game he put up. Right. And they finish the season. They're still mediocre. They're not going to be good with Mike White. But what do you do? If if Mike White plays good football and you're the New York Jets, (sighs) I I know my point of view. I I mean... Well, here, I'll, I'll say this. I know that... Jets management, no matter what, are going to put Wilson back in. Mm -hmm. Me personally, if I see this quarterback who's making his first career start, he's that accurate, putting up that many yards, and if he's throwing two picks, at least he's throwing more touchdowns than picks in the game. Because Zach Wilson hasn't done that. Every time he's thrown picks, it's been like two picks, one touchdown. Like four picks, zero touchdowns. So like, I, I would choose Mike White until Zach Wilson could prove otherwise. But, I mean, he's their franchise guy, so there's no way that they don't put it back in, in my opinion. My thought process, though, too, is is uh, if you're the New York Jets, the, the New York football Jets, 
Are you, are you a franchise that can be uh, greedy at the quarterback position? Can, if Mike White is playing good football and you end the season, even if you have a, a third pick in the draft, can you say, hey, Mike White played great. He looked pretty solid. We're going to go back to Zach Wilson. I mean, you, you, they probably do, but can you with, the, with their history? I wouldn't. I, you can, but I don't think they should. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, like, they've, they've been searching to get for you a, wins. They've yeah. been searching for a quarterback for the good part Forever. of our life. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, Mark Sanchez, butt fumble. I mean, they have Geno Smith, Fitzpatrick in those couple good yeah. years. They were, I mean, but ever since Todd Bowles, I mean, even before, I don't even know the Jets' history that great, but it seems like they haven't had any formidable options since Todd Bowles and maybe even before. I think the last person I can remember being commendable is, is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then mm-hmm. who was the next guy for them? Beats me. Darnold? Gino? Gino, I think Gino did come in somewhere around there. But maybe uh, he's even before Fitzpatrick. Died. I don't yeah, even know. I, I don't even remember. But at any rate, um, that's going to be an interesting one. I, I mean, it's one game, so this is all just like nonsense. Yeah, it's absolutely but, uh, ridiculous that we're having this conversation. But, but I just love projecting. Oh yeah, it's fun. But for my start off hard, I uh, it's hard to ignore. Um, I have Debo Samuel. I had um, Debo on my list, but I yeah. took him off. But yeah, six receptions, 171 yards. Uh, he had a fantastic breakaway for like 80 yards. Um, didn't score. I believe he was called out like the one or two, uh, which is crazy. How do you go 84 yards and not score? I um, do have to say, from the parts of that game I watched against the Bears, dude, the the Niners blocking is good. Yeah, Trent Williams is really They're good. They're really good. Yeah, like, Trent, Trent Williams is very, very good. Passing, so. uh, they have a lot of – I know Niners fans particularly have a lot of beef with uh, Mike McGlinchey on a week-by-week basis, but, yeah. I mean, Trent Williams is best tackle in the game probably. Mm-hmm. Even like downfield, like their receivers were also blocking really well. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because we were kind of um, undermanned because we had some defensive players out last week, but you can't attribute it all to that. Like they, they outplayed us for sure on the defensive end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Debo's special. He's, he's looking really good. And uh, I have to eat that one because I, uh, I I just didn't see that whatsoever. I didn't see Debo Samuel being, you know, this oh, dude. top of the top of the uh, top echelon receiver. And he's been a star this year. Yeah, what is he second in receiving yards? I mean, I think he's like third, cup, I, and yeah. then uh, Chase, and then probably him. I okay, assume. something like that. He's, I mean, he's just been tremendous. I don't know really what else to say. I just wish that he wasn't on the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Do you have another one? I do. So I have two more. Um, my next one, similar to Debo, AJ Brown had ten receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Just kind of had a breakout game. I think this is now his second game in a row with over 100 yards receiving. So, slow start to the season, but now he's kind of coming on, making Julio look just non-existent out there, which is unfortunate. Well, Julio's out, right? I think he's been playing, but I could be wrong. I thought he, I thought he missed last game. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Um, but I did see a picture. Talking about the tight... Let's just let's just get this one over with, because... Wait, actually, do your, do your next start off hard. Uh, my last one is just because he's a bear. I just wanted to shout out Justin Fields, who had a 70% completion rate, 175 yards, one touchdown... A pick, which wasn't his fault, it was darn on Mooney's fault. 103 yards on the ground on 10 attempts, which, by the way, was the second leading rusher in all the NFL. Um, and he had a touchdown on, on the ground, which was absurd. I don't know if you guys saw I it. saw that one. That one was crazy. About, what, what did he run, 60 yards on that 30-yard rushing touchdown? Yeah, and, like, all 11 people had a chance to tackle yeah. him at, like, some point in that, uh, that period. But, like, also, um, he was the fourth – I'm pretty sure he was the fourth rookie quarterback in NFL history to have 100-plus – and uh, uh, 100 plus on the ground, 100 plus through the air, and a touchdown in each of those categories. So, wow, pretty crazy. And plus, he's vaccinated, unlike the other quarterback <laughs> that happens to be in our division. So, did you see that report from this morning? Yeah, that he said he's fully vaccinated. Yeah, people were going crazy with that one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
That's great leader. Let's let's just knock those two out because we're on topic. Uh, Titans first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derrick Henry for the season. What may be the season? Very very tough loss. Uh, Huge loss for them. Ar- arguably the MVP. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if I've t- if I've told you this. Uh, I've officially staked in my head, even despite this injury, that De- uh, Derrick Henry is the best running back of all time. All time. Yeah, I've staked it in my head, and I don't even care because I'm I'm so young that I haven't even seen like these those older guys. And That's I, what's I don't hard for us. I told my dad like you can have Emmett Smith every day. I'll take Derrick Henry. Like I don't care. He's just like I also think I know there's like this talk that. Like you can't really compare players from other yeah. like eras together just because like obviously the players context. from this generation are just so much better medical advice, like just like training advice, they're stronger, faster. Yeah, like think about Derrick Henry in like nineteen sixty when they're wearing like leather helmets. Yeah, yeah. He would have absolutely thrashed all those guys that like might be on that. Like, well yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's why, like, you know, comparison is the thievery of joy. You, yeah, yeah, you can't do you it. Can't do it. I mean, Darian Fox would average 70 points in the 1960s. Like, oh, yeah. You can't, you can't compare it NBA, uh, Brian NFL, Scalabrini like, would have yeah, had, like, 40. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But still, I just love claiming that stake in my head. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have an opinion on the Titans right now, and I hope it doesn't come true. But the NFL needs to pray that the Titans don't pick up right where they left off with Adrian Peterson now in this offense. Because if Adrian Peterson is an effective runner and the Titans pick off like pick up like they never left, then I think it's the end of the days for the running back. I think the running back contract officially becomes worthless. And Derrick Henry was the only strand keeping it alive. <laughs> yeah, I just I just cannot see a- AP like doing that. I'm, and I'm not saying AP is going to be on Derrick Henry. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But if the, if that offense is still just as efficient, it, it's spelling trouble. It'd be tough. Maybe they start implementing more targets for Julio to try to overcome that because who's their backup? For who? The Titans. Backup running back. Uh, Jeremy that, Nichols. Is that his yeah. name? See, I mean, like... I think they... Re- yeah, I forget what his 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 name is. Something Nichols. But you're just not going to be able to, like, rely on, like, how was he, like, 30-something? Who, AP? Peterson? What, yeah. 32, 33? Yeah, it's just not going to happen. But let's see. Hey, hold judgment. That's all I'm saying. The, NFL better, pr- the NFL better pray. That's just my take right now. I just, like... Last year, I got to watch him a couple games because he played the Bears, he was on the Lions, and he just didn't do anything special. Like, DeAndre Swift was the clear, better back. Who's, so he's fantastic. He's having sure. a good year, too. Um, I agree. I just I just love the It would be crazy. Could you imagine? Yeah. If they were just, just as good. Yeah. Or even better. Dude. Um, and then the other topic we need to discuss... Aaron Rodgers. ...is good old Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean... It's just comedy at this point. Like so many memes. He's so Twitter. funny. He's got. He just put himself in the in, in that position. He looks homeless. Has long hair. Yeah. Said he was growing it out for his John Wick costume for Halloween. His homeopathic treatment. Yeah. He's just like. Yeah. He's hilarious. He he has issues, but it's also weird that the NFL hasn't like kind of punished him yeah. or the Packers for that because I think what the Saints had to pay a hefty fine and lost their six round pick. The Bills had to do the same, right? Yeah, and a lot of uh, there's a lot of analysts on Twitter that are kind of diving deep into it. I think like Albert Breer is uh, one in particular who's going at it, like reviewing the uh, specifically. I think he was reviewing like all the COVID protocols for unvaccinated players, uh-huh. and was just highlighting all of the different uh, uh, statutes and basically pointing out how Rogers was in violation of a good amount of them being on uh unmasked in like press conferences and on right. the field yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that i mean i like 
I'm not Dr. Fauci, so I have no, I have no, uh, no, as a Bears fan, I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm upset about this. Uh, yeah, he should be banned for the year or forever, forever. Yeah, forever. It's, or, a, it's a serious or violation. If he's banned for the year, make them have to trade him somewhere else so I don't have to see him twice a year. You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm outraged. You're, he, he I'm should outraged. Be gone. He should be gone. I, I, I agree. I've seen so many photos. Like, there's this really funny photo on Twitter of like, the Packers celebrating the end zone. It's like also the refs are in there with like their arms out, like with the the peace signs up. Because, dude, even when we played them like weeks ago, the officiating was so one sided. And I'm not even saying that as a Bears fan, but just like objective, like it was bad. Yeah, but that's just the Packers. Good old Packers. Yeah, hate them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm disgusted by uh, Aaron Rodgers' actions. Uh, I really don't think there's a place for it in the league. But yeah. so, with that being said, let's get into Jordan Love. Oh yeah, let's, let's talk about this. No, I don't. I don't really have a strong opinion. I actually, I was sitting down with my roommates last night, and we were talking about Jordan Love, and like, I kind of was just my mantra personally was, if you're Jordan Love, and you've been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for what two years, mm-hmm. and you're not solid, like, it's just not going to work, right? Right. You know what I mean? And I think there were some worries about that, obviously, in the front office, because I mean, if this was their guy, like you said, they drafted him in 2019, yeah, and they. Took him at what pick 10? 10. It was something in that range. It might have been 10, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if he just ended up being like, you know, whatever flop, that's obviously why he's still behind Rodgers. But like, if you were confident in him, why not move on to like your next guy? Like, phase him in, you know? Yeah. Kind of like how Rodgers and Favre worked. But Rodgers sat for a while, too. So. Rodgers sat for a while. But I, yeah. I just think with Jordan Love, like, if he's not solid, then it's probably not going to work. Uh, but. At any rate, especially we, with the receivers, yeah, yeah no, like, and and I think uh, Devonte Adams right before we started recording was officially cleared uh, to come okay. back from co- the COVID protocols. Cool. But I actually did. Uh, my roommates and I did a little prediction for uh, Jordan Love in this okay. first game. I want you to take part. I'm going to uh, read off of our, our predictions. I think they're pretty. They're pretty they uh, modest. Again? The, uh, Chiefs. the Chiefs. Okay, terrible defense. Really bad defense. Um, Devonte Adams back. So. I have them go. I have Jordan Love going 19 for 27, 258 yards, a touchdown, an interception, a rushing touchdown, and 57 rushing yards. Exactly. Huh. And then uh, Sammy has them going 17 for 22, exactly, uh, 237 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and Carl's hot on him. He has him 22 for 31, uh, 225 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. I'm kidding. He's not really that hot. Like none of us have more than 260 yards. I uh, see. I'm going to be even less optimistic. Uh, it's probably because I'm biased a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, so I'd probably say he'll go 15 for like 28. Oh wow! Um, I just see a lot of dunk offs. Like that's I, true. To Aaron just Jones, so many checkdowns. Because Lafleur is going to put him in a good spot. You know what I mean? 20 for 28. Okay. I respect that. Um, and then I'm going to say he ends up only with uh, 195 yards, a pick, and a touchdown. I like that. No rushing touchdowns? I think I'm that- not, not going to give you any rushing stats because I feel like that's just like, like I don't I don't know how they're going to use him yet. You know, like he okay. might be a runner. I don't know. But only reason I did that is just the Chiefs are really bad against the run. Okay. Um, I think they're probably just going to pound it with AJ Dillon and and, sorry, uh, and Jones. The Federales are are zooming by the apartment. If you hear this, yeah, I live down the street from uh, the fire station, so every once in a while they roll through. So we apologize for that. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was fun to 
to project out some Jordan Just kind Love. of see his first NFL start. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Two and a half years later. So I actually, I do have a surprise segment for you. I, I alluded to it last night when we were talking, and this really had me thinking, spurred a lot of thought. So, you know, I think that one of the big criticisms of this, I mean, I would, get, I would say just the past couple of years in the league and maybe even uh, a little bit more this year is uh, like the protection of the quarterback and mm-hmm. you know, what you can and can't do. Uh, I know like there's been big rule changes, i.e. like, you know, putting your weight on the quarterback as you fall down, like right. to be rough in the pass or hitting mm-hmm. him in the helmet, blah, blah, blah. And th- it really started spurring my thought because do you remember when the Buccaneers played the Eagles on primetime and uh, was it... Oh, this year? Yeah. Okay. And it was, uh, I God, what's his name on the Eagles? The D-lineman. Fletcher Cox? Yeah, uh, Hargrave maybe. Javon Hargrave. Uh, was like, at any rate, after Brady threw the ball, uh, I think it might have been a pick, and Hargrave was like pushing him in the in the middle of the play. The ref got between them and like p- yeah, pushed yeah, them yeah, apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was literally like the middle of the play. I think uh-huh. it was after an interception. Yeah, and, I do uh, recall that play. And people have been pretty pissed off about uh, uh, some of the rough in the passers on Kyler because like small bodies been getting hit in the head or something like that they've called rough in the passer mm-hmm. so basically where my head went was every couple years there's some sort of iteration of a rule that protects the quarterback even more right mm-hmm. just always happens yeah and i was thinking what's the next step so you know i.e like Dude, qu- quarterbacks like uh i mean not quarterbacks like the nfl you know are they going to eliminate kickoffs to avoid injuries? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just thinking like the next right, step of right, like right. protecting the quarterback. And so my head went, rule change. You ready? I'm, I'm going to okay. introduce a rule change. What if on any circumstance, obviously it could happen at any time, but there's only certain situations where it would work or you would want to do it. What if there was a position designated in the game coming into every game? Mm-hmm. This was your guy. Let's just call him like the, the XZ. The XE position. Okay. And at any point when the quarterback throws an interception, he can run off the field and tag the XE position into the game and he can be the tackler for the quarterback. So let's say Tom Brady throws a 60 yard touch, a 60 yard ball and it's picked off 60 yards down the field. Tom Brady can hustle off the field and, and oh, okay. tag this guy in and this guy can run onto the field okay. and, and play the defense, I essentially. Yeah. And so I'm saying it obviously wouldn't work in situations because if you're a quarterback and you throw a slant interception, right, you're not going to be able to get off to the right. field. Yeah. So it had my mind going. Who are quarterbacks that under no circumstance ever get off the field? Ooh. And this is my list. Okay. And I, and I want you to, to, to just add some commentary. I really, I really thought deep about this because I wanted to, to think like what quarterbacks would just haul off the field, which quarterbacks would not care and just keep going, you know, like go for a tackle, whatever. Uh, and then also like how would the uh, strategy of the game progress? Like is there a guy on defense that like blocks your quarterback who doesn't want to let him off the field? You know what I mean? Yeah, is that even legal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but here's my list. Here's my, here's my list of quarterbacks that never get off the field. Okay, let's hear. Derek Carr. Not no, getting off never. the field. Not getting off the field. Uh-uh. Doesn't even matter. Uh-uh. Josh Allen, I big, don't big dude. Don't see him getting yeah. off the field. Kirk Cousins, I put a question mark next to him. I think Kirk gets off. He's kind of psycho. In the I head. think he's like half and half though. I think there's some where he would stay on, but others I think like he's kind of dainty. Yeah, I think he might run off. He's a little crazy. He's kind of crazy, but I I just can't see him like he's just one of those quarterbacks that like really focuses on protecting his body. Like I just yeah. can't imagine that he would. Here's one, and I don't even I don't even see him doing it. Because of his mindset, 
more just because he'll always be in the situation. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones can't get off the field. How's he going to get off the field if he keeps throwing him? Oh, dude, I just can't imagine him making a tackle. Either. He's huge, though. He's big. Fastest he's player like, in football. Okay, let's, let's <laughs> just slow down. The next-gen stats, the fastest next player gen. in football. Um, I, I think if a defensive player saw Daniel Jones opt to stay on the field, they would be licking their chops <laughs> and just go light him up if that was the case. Very fair. Because I feel like that puts even more of a target on your head at that point. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're like... Nah, stay on the field. I'm waving, just, I, waving yeah. the XC off. This guy's this like, me. Okay, the big D lineman's gonna see that and be like, yeah, "All right, let's okay. see, let's see." Now I have the superstar of this okay. rule change: Taylor Heineke, never mm. getting off the field. Kind of psycho. Never getting yeah. off the field, no matter what. Always like diving for touchdowns yeah. and like scrapping for yards. Yeah. What about fun. this one? Lamar Jackson? Oh, dude, Lamar's down for sure. Lamar's so quick. He might have the best chance of tackling. Yeah, him. Lamar's super quick. Unless he has Julio on his team. Have you seen Julio's uh, tackles after throwing interceptions? Right. Ch- he had like a, like, it was like the DK Metcalf before DK Metcalf yeah. chase down. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Okay, what about this one? Purely because of the body. Jalen Hurts? I think Jalen, see, here's my thing. I think all the young athletic quarterbacks you can think of, I think they're staying on. Okay. But I think not Kyler. Kyler's not staying on. You don't There's think? No chance. Just because of size? That's, or Because that's just Kyler. Kyler's not like that. Really? He's not about to make a hit? He's a, he's a body protector. I feel like... I mean, also after Kyler throws interceptions, he like stomps his feet and kind of like walks off the field in the middle of the play. Like, oh, that's kind of what Jay Kyler used to do. He'd yeah. throw it and he'd immediately just like turn around and start walking off. Yeah, he doesn't really care. Uh, oh, well, I didn't know that, so... I mean, it's not going to be. I mean, dude, think about Kyler. He he slides to avoid every hit. That's true. The J- Joe Burrow like gets his head taken off to get an extra yard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kyler's just not like that. But like, I definitely see like Justin Fields staying on. He's going to go make that. Hit. I had Justin Fields on. Yeah, there. he's he's going to go make that hit. Like, but like, I don't know about Trevor Lawrence though. I I had, I had TL off the list. Yeah, he probably he probably runs off. Um, and then I also had not now. But prime Big Ben is probably the scariest man ever in that position. Dude, a little bit of mobility. Yeah. With that big frame. And then obviously if he's a starting quarterback, Cam Newton. I think he's staying oh, on the field. Oh, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Cam's going for it. But Cam's also pretty frail. He is. So like... You have, now he is. Yeah. It, His okay. body's pretty beat up. Like first five years, Cam Newton. He is oh, eliminating dude. a cornerback. Yeah. He's what, like 6'5", 230, 40 pounds. What do you think about the rule? I think it's interesting. I actually could see them looking into that, to be completely honest. How, how insane would it be? Because I, I be, thought about it. It would be fun to watch, It would be very fun. because You got the tag camera, just yes. watching the quarterback run over there. there and, and think about it, that every play, your, your team's on offense, there would have to be some guy, like, who, who would it be for your team? Like, what, is it Khalil Mack, or is it, for, like, Roquan? What are you talking about? Who would be the position, the XC? Like for the for the Cardinals, like it would pro- it realistically be like Zayvon Collins. You think? Oh yeah, it'd probably be a linebacker, probably a big guy, but you'd have to also but think have about some it. sort of speed. Every play you're on offense, there's some guy like Zayvon Collins just standing on the sideline like this. Just, yeah, this is like, <laughs> like like he's about to run a route. Yeah, in the wide receiver position. Um, let's see. For the Bears, I have no idea. To be completely honest with you, maybe like I mean, you might even look at like some special teams guys that have to like a gunner maybe like. It, I guess that would be the strategy. You either go big and strong, speed, or do you go speed? Yeah, or a combination, or a combination. If you have, if you have the high, oh, oh, I actually have that. I'm dumb. Isaiah Simmons is probably running on the field for okay. the Cardinals, but ours also probably Roquan. But then you get into strategy. Do you want your be- like one of your best players running onto the that, field like that's that? Also they're subject strategy. to a blindside block. Right. You know, they're. I mean, actually, blindside blocks are taken out, right? Crackbacks. Yeah, and you can't do stuff, that anymore. But yeah, yeah. Still, 
big, big blocks. Interesting. I kind of like the rule. It is interesting. It would would be fun. It'd be fun to watch. I'm just trying to think, like, who's the quarterback that would benefit the most from it? Mm, We'd have to think the older guys, right? I mean, yeah, Brady. Uh, I was gonna say Breeze, but <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but like, I, like, like you were saying, Roethlisberger probably yeah, would. Rogers, Rogers, Rogers. Really oh, here's the thing, though: Would Mahomes stay on? I think he jogs off. I think he jogs off. I, I put him off. I think I, he sprints off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Let's let's make that list. Who runs off the field faster than they've ever run in a game? Tom Brady, I think, is one. You think he hauls? I think he hauls. Actually, I don't know if Tom cares enough to haul. He just is like, ah, yeah, he'll, he'll my jog. defense is elite. Yeah, he'll jog, but I'm trying to think what quarterbacks have the ability to haul. Sort of. They don't really need it, but just like run as fast as they can to the side. So what quarterbacks do you think? I'm pulling up every starting quarterback. Let's see. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Not every. I'm pulling up every quarterback who's played a snap this season. Um, and I'm thinking. Well, I think Kyler hauls. Yeah, but that's just because he can't haul. Yeah, exactly. He can get there <laughs> quick. But like... Stafford probably hauls. Stafford hauls. Stafford for sure probably hauls. He's a big body though. Um, see, I just imagine Derek Carr like, like I see Derek Carr throwing dude. a pick, smiling, and then hauling down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he would do it purposefully, <laughs> just knowing. Jared Goff gets off the field. Oh, Goff is sprinting as fast as he can. Uh, a sneaky stay on the field candidate, Ryan Tannehill. I think he does. He, I mean, he used to play wide receiver. Kind he's kind of gritty. Yeah. He's massive too. Mac Jones, does he stay on the field? No, he runs. I think Bra- I think Belichick might have him run off the field. Yeah, no matter what. I also think Wentz runs off. Oh, uh, I, I think Wentz gets off the field faster than you've ever seen. Way and, frail, yeah. Yeah, but the, the problem with Carson Wentz is that his interceptions tend to be shuffle passes going the other way. So yeah. like you don't have enough time to get yeah. off the to field. react. Yeah, I mean? never deep bombs. Yeah. I what, mean, what about Dak? Sorry to cut you off. What do you think? Because he's frail too. So he's big though. So, sorry. The word frail throws me off because then I, I think about Dak and I'm like, this guy's massive. He's but, just but yeah, he's injury prone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he has a surgically repaired foot slash ankle. Yeah. Uh, so I probably see him running off the field. Um, I see Matt Ryan running faster than you've ever seen in a man. Matt, Matty Ice is getting off. Um, I Baker's see- staying on. I think Baker's staying on. I think Baker's staying on in a normal game. I don't think now with the torn oh, okay. labrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not currently. No. Um. A sneaky, <laughs> a sneaky candidate, Sam Darnold. Only because he has he has got to prove himself in some aspect. He hasn't been consistent, so maybe tackling could be that for him. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe that's I, his calling card. I, I don't know, but um, he did have a good game last Sunday. You know who's I, I'm, we've said this multiple times, but you know who's actually moving faster than any other player in the NFL ever is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's actually in a Usain Bolt stance, getting off the field. He just like anticipates throwing a pick on this play. I, I think like, he intentionally throws a pick and sprints off the field. He's the type of dude. He play action, rolling out, throws it, and just continues <laughs> the jog, <laughs> just straight to off. the sideline. Yeah. Uh, Mike White staying on the field. Staying on, <laughs> staying on the field. One week, Mike White. Yeah, he's on there. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know if he should stay on the field because if he gets hit, he's, he's going to have to go to the medical staff, and I don't think he wants to be there. He'll probably pierce his lung. Yeah, so I think he'll probably get, get off on. the field. Yeah, Trey Lance, built like a linebacker, probably on the field. Probably stay on, yeah. He, he falls into that young athletic group that definitely would try to go make that tackle. I don't well, know about Herbert, though. Big, but also really reliant on that arm. That's fair. I, I think he runs off, personally. I'd have to go back and look at some tape because he threw a lot of picks at Oregon. Where, that is where, true. where I could go study some tape. I feel like I feel like he would try to make the tackle, but almost like a 
subpar effort, like a little lethargic tackle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like the uh, like Patrick Peterson tackling. Yeah, 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 yeah. We call that a buffet tackler. <laughs> you pick and choose when you want. Um, I feel like that we're missing one guy. I think uh-uh. we covered basically. Everything. Oh, Davis Mills on the field. Oh yeah, dude. Well, he's got the shoulders and the neck yeah. to withstand any type of head trauma. So. Exactly. But no, that's interesting. I think honestly, though, one of the first changes they may make is just like in the pocket. If the ball's even close to being out, like you just can't touch them. Like it's pretty much already what it is, but then they might just go like full. Oh, in terms of like if the quarterback fumbles. No, no, I'm saying like in the pocket, throws the ball. You know how some oh, they give yeah, him like yeah, a yeah, grace yeah. period yeah. to like hit him. You can't even touch. You yeah. can't touch him because I feel like that's like they just put flags on the quarterback. Dude, can you imagine <laughs> the, the QB's in a helmet and no pads. You just yank Tom Brady's flag. Yeah, and don't pull it too hard though. You might get you, you might get a flag for that. It'd be ridiculous. If there was flags on on a quarterback. I mean, a pass rusher would have 70 sacks in a year. Have a day. All you got to do is dive at that little flag. But that was just my uh, my rule uh, no, I like introduction it. before the committee. It'd be, um, it'd be pretty fun. I'm going to come up with another one in, okay. <laughs> in the following uh, weeks. <laughs> but that's where I'm at with that. Uh, do you want to do some Hossie Power Rankings? Yeah, let's just get into that real quick. I don't think they really changed all that much, to be honest with you. So, I think they... M- I think they were a little bit. I think they were they're interesting. Um, where did we have them exactly last? So I have my notes. I had Nagy Urban, and then I think I had a combo of Joe Judge and Brian Flores. Yeah. So combo. for you, I think you were ahead of the game. Um, I had uh, David Coley one, Urban Meyer two, mm-hmm. Nagy three, uh, Brian Flores four. Um, I would probably go Coley one for no reason other than. Suck. I just don't think he was the guy mm-hmm. uh, with going into the season that they intended on. Mm-hmm. Um, Urban Meyer two, mm-hmm. Dan Campbell three. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I didn't mention Dan Campbell. Yeah, last you, week that's what I, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. were ahead of the game, but losing by forty to the Eagles. I mean, I'm not taking away from the Eagles, but a game that they could have won too, because yeah. that's like a good matchup for him. It's not too tough. Well, the thing is, everyone everyone was talking about the Lions being, that would be in their first win. Right, yeah. They, like, the Lions were bet heavy. And then they... They lost by four. Got blown out. Yeah. Um, and so then I have uh, Dan Campbell at three. Uh, I'm going to put Nagy at four. Okay. Even though... No, actually, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm going to put Brian Flores at four. Okay. I think that the, what the Dolphins have done in the last 12 months is just like... Outrageous. Disrespectful. Also, they're saying two is the guy, two is not the guy. The the best quote coming out uh, of the whole thing was I think like yesterday. Uh, Chris Greer, their GM, said uh, we're committed to Tua. We were simply just checking on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you can't just check. Did you see the quote tweet? It was like I'm committed to my girlfriend. I was simply just checking Tinder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it makes absolutely no sense. And like I I kept seeing people saying like. You do that, and then you go and shatter your quarterback's confidence. If he even had any. Right, exactly. Um, And then so, to finish it off, I would have... uh, uh, Wait, sorry. I just had uh, Brian Flores, four. And then five, I would put Matt Nagy. And then my logic behind it is that even though he's not calling the plays... What if this offense is revitalized? Obviously, somewhat relatively to their to their self, and then they come into the offseason and they just give them they extend the leash. There's just no way. If they extend him, I'll no, not extend him. I mean, extend the leash, like uh, like 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 uh, you know what I mean, like the leash on the dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know. I I I had him at uh, on my three. I think he's dropped a couple just because, kind of to your point. I think 
just the presence of Fields and like if Fields keeps progressing, that's going to save him. Exactly. That's gonna, he's going to be the guy that says, "Okay, I put Fields in. He's the starter now," type thing. But um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I think maybe getting COVID and sitting out a week was like really good for him. Maybe safe haven. Yeah, but he's he's back. Unfortunately, that's, sucks. Um, but just really quickly, my list. I had Urban at one. Just kind of the reasons that you said about Coley, just, you know, not the guy. Mm-hmm. He had all his turmoil early on. Kind of cooled off a little bit recently. Um, then I had Dan Campbell at two for, the again, the reasons that you said about him. Nagy at three. And then Brian Flores, I said, is sneakily climbing up the ladder. Just because people said he was a good coach, but they are it's one and seven. And, yeah. and on top of one and seven, they don't have their first round pick. Don't the, who has that? Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, that's not a head coach thing. Always, you know, GM, whatever. But mm-hmm. talk about dysfunction. Yeah, for sure. Um, to, I don't know if you have anything else to add to uh, the NFL segment, but I actually, <clears throat> or the, I guess NFL talk, but I just have three quick stats that I found that I just thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, both, two of them are Patriots related. Actually, three of them, I guess, are. Uh, all three of them. Uh, the Patriots are the first team to defeat Justin Herbert twice in his career. I just thought that was interesting, hmm. considering you know you play your division rivals twice. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are ten and two versus opponents coming off a bye in the last ten seasons. That's insane. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's a good stat to have as a coach. Um, and oh, that I just did some. That kind of just blew my mind because they, they have twelve games coming off a bye in ten seasons, and I was like, "Oh, they have so many first round playoff buys. Uh, that makes sense." Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady has a two and four record versus the Saints in the Sean Payton era. The yeah. worst record uh, he has versus any team in that span. Yeah, that's really weird. I mean, I remember the game last year. His first game was a buck, Whoa. and people were like, "The Bucks aren't even good, dude." Yep. Like, because the Saints blew him out, and then of course, come playoff time, they play the Saints again, and Drew Brees throws three picks. So it's yeah. like, and. But Brady, Brady almost helped the Saints out to win that one. Dude, I know, else. I know. And Sean Payton just has his number for some reason. It's pretty odd. Sean Payton's a great coach. Super good coach. Uh, but it's just, it's I, I personally am not a huge fan, but he's a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, just to add something to the, the NFL before we kind of move off of it. Didn't really talk about the trade deadline, so just really quick. Ron Miller's on the Rams. Um, great to add. Huge. I don't know how they do it. They have all these great defensive players and just players in general, and Seems like they're gonna have no picks until like twenty thirty at this yeah, point. Until I'm married. Yeah, exactly. So, but he's definitely gonna help out that defense. Um, he's kind of lacked numbers this year so far, but just being on the same line with like Donald is definitely gonna help him out there. Yeah, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I have some some interesting uh, thoughts on it. I think that it's it's first of all, I think that. What's not being talked about is that it's a very good move for the Broncos. I think they were going to lose Von Miller in free agency for nothing. Right. And they just got two day two picks right. uh, for seven, eight games, nine mm-hmm. games left on us or 10 games, whatever it is. Um, so I think that was Smart. impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I don't know if you saw, they, they basically are paying all of his salary for him to go play for the Rams. Like, I think that, oh, know, really? I think the Rams only owe him 700K of like his, like 9.7 million dude mm-hmm. or something like that. So the Rams did give up two day two picks, which, I think is a lot to give up for someone you're only going to have for nine games. Um, they said they want to bring him back, but can they? Yeah, that's, the that's exactly that's where I'm. That's where I'm kind of going with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the cap relief they get from the Broncos made it make sense. I would say. Right. Um, I just think that Von Miller is going to be very, very uh, 
impactful in the sense that uh, playing next to uh, Aaron Donald, um, I mean, what, Dante Fowler had like 11 sacks next to Aaron Donald three years ago or something right, stupid yeah. like that. Um, so I think that he'll he'll get his numbers in these last couple games, but I would have to say that uh, my, my thorough analysis is that, and this isn't hard, it's just that if the Rams don't win a Super Bowl with, with Matthew Stafford, then I think it's truly the worst sequence of mistakes that like a, a, a franchise has ever made in its own way. In terms of trading for players and giving up capital and that? I think that like in the sense that they're, if they don't end up winning a Super Bowl with Stafford, I think that they might put themselves in such a big hole that even just the sheer Super Bowl appearance or like NFC Championship appearances just don't make it worth it whatsoever mm-hmm. from like the capital ex- expended right. uh, standpoint. Yeah. I mean, if let's say in two or three years, Stafford, you know, is falling off. He's what, 36 years old, 35 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. They haven't even made it back to the Super Bowl. Let's just say that's the, the situation. Like, is that a, is that like a, Success, you know what I mean. They have they have one pick in this upcoming draft and like two in the, in the next one. They only have one whole pick. They have a one fifth round pick. It's either a fifth or a fourth round. Can you imagine being that rookie coming in? Can that you be wild? Can you imagine if they, if they mess up the pick? <laughs> Which, by the way, they don't have a great draft history either. So they probably will. But um, dude, that's wild. I mean, maybe it was worth it just to get rid of Jared Goff. Fair. That's just my thoughts. Like, no, I, I completely see where you're going with it. Like, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and people may think it's stupid, obviously. Like, and I have some bias inherently in there, but I would say, like, if it doesn't work out, I think in its own in its own light, it's one of the bigger it's one of the bigger failures an organization has ever had, mm-hmm. in my opinion. No, I get that. I get that for sure. Also, speaking of failures, OBJ failed experiment. In Cleveland, he's not. They said he's not on the team, which they said makes he's no on the sense. Team. Everyone was kind of expecting him to get traded at the deadline, but now they might cut him. A lot of uh, speculation around him, and his dad posted the Twitter video. Baker just like not passing him the ball. Yeah, that one was weird. that one was interesting. That one was we were kind of clowning around about that when uh, uh, the headline popped up. Like Adam Scheffner tweeted, like Odell Beckham. Junior's dad posts a video of OBJ not getting the ball. Like mm-hmm. that was the tweet, and we yeah. were just like, "Okay, okay." Like someone's dad's upset. That <laughs> that's awesome. Not getting touched. <laughs> but uh, I haven't watched the, the full video. I've heard uh, a variety of uh, thoughts on it. Uh, but not much else to say there. Yeah, I would say that there's definitely something wrong. Let me just do this quick math uh, for the Giants. OBJ in five seasons had. 44 touchdowns, I believe, if my math's right. Uh, wait, 35, 38. Uh, yeah, 44 touchdowns. And in his three seasons with the Browns, he has seven touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. It's just it's not working out there. I think I would have traded him. Get At least get something back from him because now you're going to, what, cut him? Because he's not on the team, according to the head coach. So yeah, kind of a weird situation. Um, I just, honestly, it might just be a case of, a declining superstar. I know I kind of compared him uh, in our own personal conversations to like a Des Bryant who was like that guy for a little bit and then just was like... Just not overnight. Just Yeah, so... But always still kind of... I mean, that's the thing about OBJ too is like people still talk about him like he is like a, a big figure in the league. Yeah, a big name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just don't... Like I don't... A lot of girls find him attractive. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. I just don't like... It blows my mind that... Uh, I know I said this to you that any team with OBJ performs worse because you would think that doesn't make any sense if he was thrown into any receiving room that 
they would inherently be better. Mm -hmm. but. And everyone thought they would be when he when he got traded there. But yeah, I mean, I mean, this whole Browns thing is turning out to be uh, a disaster. A dis I would say a disaster. I mean, mm -hmm. they, long season left, but I think that uh, people were uh, way ahead of the game. Not not in a good way uh, on the Browns. Yeah, thinking that they were uh, gonna take it. Yeah, and just before we transition to the NBA, I just want to say happy birthday to my favorite player of all time, Devin Hester. Happy birthday, man. Yep. All right, NBA talk. What's uh... a, lot, a lot of stuff going on. Do you want to just start off with, so I think two best teams right now, Eastern and Western Conference, Warriors and the Heat. I would say the Heat for sure in the East. In the West, I would... I would maybe make a take, maybe make a uh, yeah a case for okay. Jazz. Okay. The well, only reason why I say that they're probably the best teams right now is Heat doing this with like looking very good, looking very good, sharing the ball. They also don't even have Victor Oladipo yet. Yep. Which In, insane let's, piece. Let's see what. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Victor. Oladipo, he might mess yeah. up the whole chemistry. We we don't know. Like also different things can yeah. happen. But Oladipo has been a uh, like a question mark for a couple years right. now. So That's also true. I agree. But also it's it's. The Heat have looked really good. Really good. Jimmy Butler had a bad, I think, first game or two, and he's just been picking it Same up. Same with since Lowry. Then. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry started off pretty. I think we were talking a week ago, and he was averaging like eight points a game. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I mean, I think he put in like twenty five the other night. Well, yeah, I think I sent you a, a tweet, and it was like Bam had twenty two. Right here, they uh, put, Hero had twenty five against the Mavericks. They uh -huh. played the Mavericks uh, last on Tuesday, and he had twenty two. Um, Everyone had like 20, 20 or more points. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So it's good to see. But then, same case with the Warriors. You don't have Clay yet. And exactly. You're already getting that output from like Jordan Poole, exactly. which is kind of scary. That exactly. Who did the Warriors play? Was it last night when they when mm -hmm. Jordan Poole had what twenty eight or twenty six, and they and Curry had like ten points or and something? You say the um, Hornets. Yep. Hornets. Exactly. Let me look at this. Uh, Jordan Poole had uh, thirty one. Steph had fifteen. Uh, Steph was three for eleven from three. Uh, I mean, Jordan Poole has turned into a special, special guy. Well, it's just, it's scary if Curry, that's like a bad game for Curry. So yep. if he can play like that and you can still win games against a Hornets team who has not played bad at all this year, <clears throat> yes, it's early. But, like, I mean, that, that's got to be worrisome for the rest of the Western Conference. I would agree. And I think even more interestingly is the, the Warriors really haven't gotten anything from their two picks. I think they've. I think Kaminga's playing a two-way right now. I saw uh, I saw some he, highlights from him from the he G League. Is, he is playing a two-way, and he's played two games for the Warriors. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he hit a three maybe in one of them, and he, he didn't score last night. He only played like <clears> two <throat> minutes last night. Um, and then Moses Moody has played, I want to say like five or six games, but let's see. Yeah, he's played four games, uh, and he uh, hit a three against the Thunder on Halloween or October 30th, and that's pretty much it. But... Just interesting. Eight points on the season from Moses Moody and three points on the season from Jonathan Kaminga, and they are six and one. And also, haven't seen any action from uh, what's his face? I can't even remember his name. They're big. Oh, James uh, Wiseman. Yeah, James Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah, James yeah, yeah. Wiseman. Exactly. And and did you see that uh, video of Clay doing the shoot around? Oh, before the game, he looks smooth, full fitted. Yeah. He, he's like he's like a Russ. Yeah, just getting that out. Russell, listen, you yeah. got to put in those live reps. Um, but yeah, so. For me, that's the only reason why I put that in there. I think they have some missing pieces, and they could really add both of those pieces could really add to the the overall dynamic. And and what do you think about the Jazz? I know that you have like you naturally, I know, uh, just throwing it out there for the viewers, have had some some bias against the Jazz in past years, and and not for like bad reason. I would say I think that 
uh, some jazz fans like topped them up a little bit more than they really were. Uh, <laughs> but I would, I mean, I just think it's interesting because the jazz are like, they're a good team, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think it seems like the sentiment around the NBA is like, we won't take them serious until playoff time. You know well, what I mean? That's, that's the thing too. So I think, I feel like we had this conversation a little bit ago, but I feel like they're a team. I mean, example last year, best record in the West. I think best record in the whole NBA. Yes. Did they? They beat the Suns by maybe a game or two, right? I think I definitely think they had the best record in the West. I'm not sure. I think it was in the NBA as well. But um, either way, uh, I mean, come playoff time, they end up losing to the. Clippers or the, the Jazz? Yeah, they lose to the Clippers. Okay, they had, yeah, yeah, they, they had did lose to the Clippers. They That's the, right. What did they wear? That three one, something like that. And then uh, <laughs> what's his face? Uh, Jackson and uh, Terrence Mann started playing really well. The Terrence Mann game with a uh, Kawhi out. We were up in Idaho watching those games with that, a group of buddies, and it was just that awesome. was the most casual comeback ever. It, yeah, watched. it was awesome. But yeah, by the way, you were right. The Jazz did have the best record in the NBA at fifty two and twenty last yeah. year, and they were one game ahead of the Suns okay. and uh, three games ahead of the Sixers okay. for the best record. Um, I, I remember that comeback game though, because we were all cooking dinner, getting ready to eat, and paying no attention. Our friend Cole, who we grew up playing basketball with. <laughs> Uh, doesn't really watch it anymore, but he he literally goes, yeah. There's no way that the Clippers come back and win this game. There's just absolutely no shot. And then of course they end up winning by like what five or something. Some stupid. they were down like twenty five. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. But um, yeah. See, like you said, I do have some bias against the Jazz. Uh, just growing up next to a lot of Jazz fans, a lot of people who are just like very delusional. I think the Jazz haven't really done anything ever. And so just like hearing them talk so highly about a team that hasn't done anything and then eventually like always loses in the playoffs if they make it, like mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous. But um, they do, for whatever reason, they're really good in the regular season. I mean, they're a good team. Like it's no doubt. Do you I think, think it's that, just wear and tear by playoff time or? Well, because everyone's pretty much, you know, was pretty much healthy last year. I think it's tough. I think like it's unfair to say it to the Jazz and make, and make it seem like it's only the Jazz's case, but I think that a lot of they've run into some some uh, some luck issues. Uh, specifically, I think that their first year, what, Conley's hurt for... What, I mean, Conley was out for, for quite some time their first year with him. Was that, and then, was that last year? No, because the first year... Because remember, he comes back and in the bubble, he has a chance to hit the oh, shot okay, to win the series right, yeah, and he misses yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, like... That happens. Donovan Mitchell's hurt last year. Remember that whole like saga where Donovan Mitchell was thought he was ready to play and they wouldn't clear him. Well, and like and they, he and uh, Gobert had issues yeah, because yeah. of the whole thing. That's COVID going thing. back to COVID. Yeah, and then I mean Gobert is the biggest talking point. I mean he seems at some points unplayable in certain series and certain matchups. Uh, but I don't know. I think that I think that the Jazz do get some unfair hate at times. I think you're spot on with like people talking them up. They're more also than they've been accomplished. A small market team, which doesn't help. They are a small market team, but also like Donovan Mitchell is very, very good. Yeah, he's good. I think he's he's like one of the the uh, whatever that top circle you want to put him in 15, 16, 17, I think he's in there, and I think that he's higher than some names that you would uh, that a lot of people would think are better. Than. Mm. I think like, that was that sounded really weird. I think Donovan Mitchell is better than a lot of players that people would think are the opposite. Just like big name players that you yeah, think would be exactly a lot higher up, yeah. Like, I, I, for example, I think that a lot of people would would in a in a second take a Devin Booker over Donovan Mitchell, and I would take Donovan Mitchell. That's shocking because you do love some Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker, yeah. and, I, and I would take Donovan Mitchell for sure. Uh, it, not that it's like a clear case. I just 
I like his game. I think mm-hmm. he's really versatile, and I think he's got like that mentality. Also defends. Which he does. Yeah. Um, Booker's become a better defender. He really has. Yeah, I, li- I like Booker's game. It's almost like, I, I don't mean to compare him like this, but it's almost very reminiscent of Kobe just because he loves that mid-range. Yeah. He, he takes that one dribble from the top, gets to his spot, and just pulls, and it's just so pretty every time it goes in. Yeah, that was the big comparison. I think that was also uh, the... It, it's tough. Like, I mean, it's tough comparing anyone to, to the man like that. You know. Yeah, I mean? exactly. Uh, but something to, to note, uh, Rudy Gobert is averaging almost 18 rebounds a game. That's actually pretty crazy. Through what... Seven now, games. Now it's like two weeks in. He's averaging on 31 minutes. He's averaging 15.7 points, 17.6 rebounds, 14 of those being defensive rebounds, 3.7 offensive rebounds. Uh, one of four offensive rebounds a game is really good. Insane. Yeah. Uh, one assist, a, almost a steal, and two blocks. Pretty good. Yeah, those are good numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, his per 36 is uh, 27. Mm. Pretty good. I mean,. I don't know. I think that the... I, I understand why people don't take the Jazz too seriously at times, but I think that, uh, especially in this West, this West is wide open this year. Well, here's what I will say. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a deeper run this year than previous years, because now you have a team who's had a couple years of chemistry together. Jordan Clarkson's kind of cemented himself as their six-man. Joe Ingles is, is, is the guy there, pretty much, in right. terms of like the, the leadership in the locker room. Right. Yeah. So you're kind of figuring all this out like the first couple of years. Mm. Um, and I don't think they've really made that many alterations to their team. So... Conley. Conley was the only real one. Well, they also brought in Bogdanovich, but I mean yeah. like I mean like this past year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like I think did they add Tory Craig? Tory Craig is Maybe. on the no, he's not on them. I thought he was on the Let's see. I just watched him play. Oh, he's on the Pacers. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so never mind. But like like I said, I just think that this year I wouldn't be surprised to make a deeper push just because they know how to work with one another and like the coach knows how to coach his players and that kind of stuff. So and what's white sides look pretty good for him in, in, oh, in the I minutes he's there. there. I'm not. I mean that sounds like a joke, but he has looked pretty solid for him. So, um, yeah, I would agree. I think that we're we're kind of uh, viewing it in the same light. But on top of that, let's let's talk about some other teams around the league because I think it's been interesting. Uh, for one, the Sixers six and two. Um, Drummond continuing to play well next to Embiid. Continuing to play well, and also, just on top of that, this isn't a comment on their their play. Uh, what was the report yesterday that Ben Simmons still has no? Uh, oh yeah, uh, no plan on returning. He's still battling his mental health. Yeah, he uh, told he told the GM that he like emotionally he just like couldn't couldn't, couldn't play. mount up to play. Yeah. Like, he just couldn't do it. Um, Which we had this. Com- I think we did talk about this did, yesterday, yeah. and I I think. Uh, has some basis to it just because I don't know if I could like mentally prepare for a game where my home crowd might just boo me every time I touch the ball. Yeah, and I think that's like the demoralizing. Yeah, that's the hard body like mentality of playing in Philly. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. And people will say like, you know, if you're not a man, like don't play. He also did it to himself. So. Yeah, he did it to himself. But like I'm, you know, what I think Ben Simmons is still a very talented player in the NBA, and I think he can provide something to a lot of teams. I just mm-hmm. think that he's a little delusional. Uh, in terms of how he's approaching this whole thing, and I, and I don't mean to say that to like, like take a notch at mental illness because that's certainly serious. M- more just like I think it's it's interesting because and, and Sammy said this, said this to me the other day. Sammy, our friend Sammy, is a, a Sixers fan, uh, and usually you see the guy, you know, begging to get out and causing a commotion to go play for a winning team. 
this guy is on one of the best teams in the NBA right. is making a commotion to get out, to go to a losing team. Yeah, because if you just think about, I mean, like James Harden from last year, who was on arguably the worst team in the NBA. They would have been good with him. but Like better, yeah. but like not playoffs. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. And then he went, he went to the Nets. Yeah. Nets, and then they almost went to a chip. But that's why it's interesting, because Ben Simmons wants to go play for what, Sacramento? Yeah, the only yeah. reason why he's complaining is because he had a terrible playoff run. And, and they lost to the Hawks first round when they should have probably went to the conference finals. Yep. Maybe the round before that, semifinals. I don't know. I agree. But uh, on top of that, let's get away from Ben Simmons. He's been talked about enough. Uh, Tobias Harris is playing really good. He's yeah. averaging 20 points a game. Seth uh, Curry had that uh, big shot last night. I was just going to say, Seth Curry is shooting 53% from the three-point line this year so far in seven games. Or eight games, I'm sorry. And the Mavs just got rid of him. The Mavs got rid of him for Josh Richardson. Yeah. Uh, Very stupid. I think that the Sixers are more fun to watch play without Ben Simmons. I, I actually really like watching Tyrese Maxey play. How's um How's Thibel playing? Uh, really focused on defense. So. I think Th- Thibel is a cyborg on defense, and I don't I don't care what else he does because mm. that's that's all I ask of him. Uh, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. He is really good defensively, so he's as long unreal. As he can, like lock people up like that. The, the amount of space he can cover is insane. I don't get. I actually don't get it. I, I don't <laughs> just leave it at that. She was a okay. Do you remember? So obviously we've alluded to it. Sam and I go way back. Um, but do you remember going to the UNLV basketball camp and getting a, a talk from Stacy Ogman about perimeter defense? Yeah. So, so Stacy Ogman, old school player. You guys, I mean, I'm sure old heads know very good far player. far more about Stacy Ogman than we can talk uh-huh. about. Uh, but Stacy Ogman's son played at our high school when we were in like middle school. Um, so like we had watched his son play and we'd met him before at practices. And at any rate, we went to a UNLV basketball camp and, and he talked about, you know, perimeter defense because that was his calling card. And it was just really interesting to like listen to the mind of a guy who, and he literally was like, I did not care about scoring. Like I literally just wanted to be the best defender in the world, mm-hmm. and that's just so. I think that's mind blowing to me. Just that's like, crazy. You know just I mean? like giving up, like because you get all the glory from yeah. offensive statistics and that kind of stuff. I just remember him saying, like, I wanted to be the best defender in the world, and I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Also, very tough to do. Yeah, very tough to do. So yeah, I don't know. That's tough. There's only a couple guys that you can like really think of like that in the NBA. Like besides bigs, who like, I mean, primarily that's like kind of what they do is block shots. Yeah, but, like rim protecting big or something. Maybe like uh, Tony Allen. Yeah. Or, like, I mean, even now, like, Lou Dort, just, like, so defensive-minded. He like, can splat threes. He can heat check. He has been yeah. shooting a lot better now, which is great for the Thunder, who are still bad. Yeah. One and six. Right? Well, I mean, they're young. And his times, I mean, Ben Simmons, like, to, not even to go back to ben, him. But yeah, he can. Defend. He was a fantastic perimeter defender. Yeah, and Obviously, Thibel is is great. And At any rate, I just thought it was, it was interesting. But mm-hmm. what? I was just going to say... The Lakers could use some uh, better perimeter defenders. Let's talk about the Lakers. I think that's a natural progression. Um, as you know, bo- like both of us are uh, are currently rooting for the Lakers for mm-hmm. varying reasons. Um, but their defense is not good. No, I know we were both watching the game where they played against the Rockets their last game, and mm-hmm. like they should have put that game away multiple times. Yeah, couldn't do it. There was always like some type of. Defensive breakdown, whether the man just drove by him or like a backdoor cut that was wide open, or just like just very lackadaisical defensive play, like they didn't care. And like eventually, your offense isn't going to be able to overcome those. Yeah. Hence, their three losses already. Um, one to the Thunder, which 
they blew like a what thirty point lead or something. Twenty six like or twenty three. It was yeah. that was a really ugly loss. But the the Lakers have benefited. They've had a pretty easy schedule thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, besides their first two games first were Warrior Suns. That's tough. Then they've played. I mean, their last, including the game they played tonight. Their five is a uh, at Thunder. They lost uh, home versus the Cavaliers and the Rockets twice. They won all three of those, and then at home versus the Thunder tonight. Uh, some other news: uh, three hours ago, LeBron was announced out for a week. Already having some injury injury scares early on, but I think they're also. I think I saw the report that they're just trying to be like overly careful, very very careful, just yeah. because of what happened last year, and they don't want to kind of repeat that. Where both him and AD, who I texted you, needs to wear some high tops. That man rolls his ankle more than anybody I've ever seen. Street clo- um, street clothes, Anthony Davis. Yeah, they, both of them. They need to stay healthy if they want to have any chance. And then I think. Like knock on wood, but Westbrook is just so like physically gifted. Like I don't think there's a time where he's ever really been injured besides that freak accident with Pat Bev like exactly. a while ago. But um, yeah, I think that well, let's. I know that this is for sure the team that you and I uh, watch the most of uh, mm-hmm. this season thus far, for sure. Um, I kind of want to talk about it. I think it's kind of interesting. I think when you watch. They certainly play like an old team, just like, you know, watching half-court sets or, or just like any sort of game any given night. Mm-hmm. But I think like, I just, there's something about them that I think is getting overlooked. I, and I, I think that they're a lot better than people think. And I can't quite, quite nab it. And I think it probably has to do with the fact that like three of their guys who immediately will play significant minutes haven't played yet right like kendrick nunn trevor ariza tht also wayne ellington he's yeah. been dressing yeah. but he hasn't been playing exactly. i don't know what yeah. that means um i don't know i just think that there, there's something about them and i and i can't quite pinpoint it but i would say that one great to see this from carmelo dude another guy who's shooting over 50 percent from the three-point line insane good for uh, him. yeah very very good he's, he hasn't started a single game he's averaging 16 and a half points per game uh, out of the league two years ago out of the league two years ago no one wanted him no one wanted him. uh very cool to see and then i would say my other big takeaway is no one's particularly shot the ball well uh from deep aside from mellow and mm-hmm. like you know kent bazemore's hit his threes um but i just think that when that piece falls, and if it does, that they have an, another level to ascend to, and then on top of that, when they're in transition, bro, they're just unstoppable. Dude, it was so fun, especially <laughs> this last game. I mean, there was just dunk after dunk after dunk after dunk, and yeah, it, it, dude, it, was, it just makes games that much more fun to watch. Which I think they're gonna—that's gonna be the key that they need to focus on—is that transition game, just getting that rebound and getting out and running. Because I mean, like it showed, like obviously Russ can go up and throw some down, make some athletic plays down in, in the paint, and um, LeBron, obviously, and then you have AD. And then you also have, like, young players like Malik Monk, THG, who can also get up like that, so... Yeah, I kind of want to talk about Malik Monk, too. I think it's that's kind of also where I see the Lakers team being at 80% of their powers, 85% of their powers. I mean, Malik Monk's averaging six points a game right now. I think he went scoreless in two games. He's played eight games on the season. Um... And this is a guy who, what, last year was averaging like 15 for the Hornets? Um, I think it was like... Oh, no, 12. I'm 12, sorry, yeah. 12 for the yeah, Hornets. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My, my projections on uh, Malik, though, is that as time goes into the season, he's going to find his groove, and I think that could be something for the Lakers. I'm, I'm not kidding. Here's the thing. I'm almost worried about him just because I don't know once 
okay, so they have all these players that can play. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to work them all in because none can play. He can, I mean, Rondo, I feel like they're kind of phasing him out. He hasn't done much in his first couple games there. So the, Rondo's just a roster spot until playoffs. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I think they'll phase in none. He'll back up. Which will be very Russ. nice. Which I like. Mm-hmm. I do too. I like sets when, when uh, Russ is off the court and you have Kendrick Nunn running an offense with Braun at four, AD at five, and shooters around, or even with a center, which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love with AD at four and like Dwight at five. I don't mm-hmm. really like those looks that much. I could see that being something pretty nice. No, I could too. I just, just to my point, I just have no idea how they're going to work all those guys that are hurt, like you mentioned, how they're going to work them in, or if they even do, or if they just like what they have already. So it should be interesting to see what happens with Monk. I think THT is going to play a good role when he's back. I I could see uh, a lot of sets with uh, Braun, THT, and AD being the three through five. Yeah. I I mean, oh, you think he plays at three? I can see him playing three, and okay. I can see him also. I think uh, he play. I think he'll probably play a lot of two as well. I can see him also taking some of the uh, the more active on ball defensive tasks away, and allowing LeBron to kind of uh, you know catch the outlet and get the get the uh, <clears throat> offense charging downfield. No, downcourt. I agree with you. He definitely has. He has that wingspan. He can cover ground. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But still, I don't know. For me, I, I think that there's something left to be desired from this Lakers team, and I'm, I'm excited to see them try and figure this, this whole thing out. I think it'll come. Yeah. And big thing is just chemistry right now. Also, I really like watching Austin Reeves play. I just had to throw that in there. He's kind of funny. He's, he just is like, I think he's fun. He, he plays good defense for the he, most part. He does. He just reminds me of like two years ago. Uh, why am I spacing his name? Uh, Caruso. Oh yeah, yeah, just just because it's just he's that one white guy that you have no idea what his name is. You're watching it on national TV. You're like, comes in, makes a good play. Yeah, here who is this kid? Yeah, and then we'll probably. I mean, he'll probably get thirty million in two years. So. <laughs> exactly. We'll we'll talk about him then. Um, yeah. kind of two other players, and we can kind of talk about their respective teams when we bring them up. That I kind of wanted to mention. Both Harden and Dame have struggled this year. I would say Dame far more. Yeah, uh, Harden. That's kind of like a that's like the the rule discussion, I guess. The oh, the right. taking the instigating contact and all those kind of uh, mm-hmm. Nicky Mac things uh, under review a little bit more. Yeah. So I feel like that's just an adjustment period, in my opinion. Like I think James Harden is so so amazing. He's unbelievably talented. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be fine, especially playing nice to KD. But but they did have their struggles early. The, yeah. Those first couple games, like I mean, they weren't looking that great. Well, I mean, both the Nets and the Lakers, who we just mentioned, are five and three right now. So yep. lost some games they should have won. Uh, um, Lamarcus Aldridge playing very good for the Nets. Kind of, kind of. That's like so weird to me. Just I don't understand how you can have like a heart issue one year yeah, and then just and he's back like literally what six months later. Yeah, and he's playing what twenty minutes a game, and uh, he's got he's gotten that a. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching Nets games, but that uh, that mid range jumper. Oh yeah, that's his that's his bread and butter right there. That's his go to. He has that in in sync. I think he's shooting. I have it right here. Sixty six percent from the field. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's what they like to see, especially from one of their role players like that. Yeah. Older guys, older vets. But I uh, I think that the the Nets are very good. They'll be fine, and I think that they're going to be far more than fine. Yeah. Uh, Joe Harris still leaving a little bit left to be desired after uh, his playoff exit. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him start shooting the ball a little bit more consistently. Um, 
I don't know. My feeling. I mean, I think the Nets are so good. No, the, the Nets will be okay. And I mean, especially if Kyrie's ever allowed to play again, which we'll see. I think they're still so good even without him. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying they'd be yeah. even better with him on the court, obviously. Yeah. But uh, Portland, on the other hand. Oh, man. That's that's rough. What are uh, Let me pull up these Dame numbers. He has not looked good. I, uh, I've watched a couple games, uh, and I don't know, it just really hasn't been all that fun for me to watch. I, I, I think uh, what C.J. McCollum is their leading scorer. Yeah, he's averaging 24 a game. Dame's averaging a little under 20. Um, Dame is shooting uh, 23% from the three-point line. Um, Which, that's where he thrives. Yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know. I've, I mean, they lost to the Kings last, or uh, not the Kings. They lost to the Cavs last night. Uh, Dame played his first pretty solid game. It, it felt like, and just wasn't it's enough. Just a lot of weird reports coming out about yeah. the Blazers, though. I mean, Dame's been like really pushing to go get Draymond. Has he really? I did yeah, not see that. There was a huge wow. report that he's like pretty adamant about wanting Draymond like bad in Portland, which seems like an odd fit. I don't. I don't really understand. Hmm. I understand. I guess for as a like a a veteran defensive. Presence. No, yeah. I mean, I see it. I, I just more like. I, actually, I guess he would fit pretty well with he, he Dame would. and uh, McCollum kind of being like the the Curry. Yeah, he actually. I think he would. And he would provide the defensive impact that they never had with never. Dame and CJ there. Yeah. But I don't know. I. I mean, I. The Warriors aren't going to trade Draymond. No. For whatever the... the Especially uh, with how they're playing right offer. now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, let's talk about... Let's jump around a couple t- topics before we can wrap this up. Um, I think that something that I really want to talk about is the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards... I mean, I think it goes both ways. The Wizards for sure won the trade with, with Russ, and they're, they're winning right now. Uh, obviously, if the, if the Lakers win a championship, it's an immediate win. Right. And it's, it's done with. Mm-hmm. But... The Wizards have a formidable squad now around Bradley Beal, and Bradley Beal's not even playing that well. And they're five and three. They're getting great output from Kuzma, which is surprising, and Harold. I was just gonna say, Harold is balling. Yeah, going kind of back to his Clippers state, he kind of had a. I mean, he he was here and there. He had some good games for the Lakers, but he was often like I feel like he was almost misused. But now he's thriving. Yeah, I think uh, I was listening to Zach Lowe's pod, and I think he kind of described it perfect. Harrell is the guy that if you play a regular season and you don't bring any energy, he's going for 25 and 12 on you, and he's going to do it in the grossest way possible, and you're going to feel so ashamed after it. The most disrespectful yeah. way, yeah. And and when I say gross, like, yeah, he's literally just going to, like, dominate your boards, and he's going to get every put back, and you're just going to feel, like, hopeless. Yeah, because he'll let you know about it. Too. Yeah, and, and he's going to work way harder than any of your players at any night. But mm-hmm. in the playoffs, it's still yet to be seen, which was the huge caveat right. Lowe said, uh, Zach Lowe had. But, yeah, I mean, Zach Lowe also pointed out, uh, Kyle Kuzma averaging 10 rebounds a game. Yeah. He's going 14 and 10 right now. And all, on, all while uh, Bradley Beal... Typical puts up numbers, 24 points a game, but he's only shooting 24.5% from three and 38% from the field in general. I mean, obviously that's far away from Bradley Beal's potential. No, I know, especially with last year, what, he averaged 32 points or something like that? Some, yeah, he's, something, been, he's been in the 30s for, what, three years now? Something insane, yeah. yeah. Which, has he even won a scoring title? He's won two, I thought. Or, oh, or, really? He has? Okay, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure I thought if he, so. Wait, let me see. That'd be crazy if he didn't win one. Yeah, I, I thought he's won, like, two. Um uh, oh, did, did Curry beat him out last year? I think Curry did win yeah. last year. Let's see if I can. Let's see. I'm just going to go scoring title by year. This yeah, is yeah. too confusing. I got it. So, 
Yeah, he hasn't won one. He hasn't? I thought he so won two. Curry won last year, and then Harden won uh, the 19 to 20 season and won the 18 to 19 season. Jeez. And won the 17 to 18 season. So he won three straight. Oh my god. And then gosh. you have Russ. And then Curry again in 2016, then Russ in 2015, then KD. So I guess that makes sense. I isn't mean, that crazy though? Yeah, my I mean my I guess my recollection was a little off. Bradley Beals had two 30 point seasons. I think last year he was in like the 34 range, and then Russ just went insane down the stretch in their last like two months. Um, kind of conceded some shots. Yeah, to he, Russ, he, yeah, he probably balanced it out. But I don't know. I think it's it's interesting because the Wizards have a formidable team. Um, I'm pretty, I think they're fun to watch. Uh, I, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I always have since the Nets. And uh, I don't know. Well, I think, just to your point, I think they're one of those teams that are kind of on the rise. And I think there's a couple of those teams kind of in the NBA right now that are kind of sprouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cavs being one. I wanted to talk about the Cavs next. Hornets being another. The Hornets are, are fun to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you just have these young teams yeah. that are, like, maybe even, I mean, Hawks are kind of weird because they actually made it to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. But, like, these young teams that are like putting it together finally, yeah, and starting to play well, and so let's. I mean, let's let's talk about Cavs. Let's let's talk about the Cavs, and let's. Uh, I think the first thing you have to say with the Cavs is. Uh, sorry, I just was loading. Mobley. Uh, yeah, Mobley. I mean, like, it's not like you know Evan Mobley's going for thirty and twenty a game, and he's like this transcendent guy but he looks comfortable every second he's on the floor you know what i mean Mm -hmm, absolutely he looks like he belongs defensively and offensively yeah which is great uh and i think you made the point that he's doing it while next to jared allen playing under jared allen a hundred million dollar center Mm -hmm. yeah and wait they're putting up practically the same numbers aren't they what is it is it uh there's some stat about how the cads are like the first team in however many years to have three seven-footers on the court. Oh, really? Because they have Markinen, Jared right. Allen, and Evan Mobley. Yeah. I forget what the number was. Sammy read it to me the other night. Um, but, yeah, they, I like what they're doing. Kevin Love has, has come into some games and played pretty nice, uh, which is interesting. He's coming off the bench. Also surprised that he's not he didn't get moved way long ago. So I You mean, could have said that in 2017. Yeah, I know. And we would have been having the same discussion. Yeah, so I mean, at least he's providing somewhat of an output for them, which he hasn't really done the past couple of years. What do you think about the Garland-Sexton combo? And what do you think about uh, in terms of like the, the future of those two together? I think eventually... So Okay, so here's what I think. I, I think Sexton's a very ball-dominant player. Very. I think in order to get the most output, although he might have games where he drops like 35 or something, to get the most output out of your offense, you have to ship him, maybe, or just get rid of him somehow, um, however you see fit. Maybe he leaves in free agency. Give Garland kind of the reins, so that way the ball moves around a little bit more free- freely, because there are games where... Like, all you see is sex and just, like, dribble move, dribble move. I'm going to try this layup or pull up or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I would say on top of that, too, is, like, I think you see it in, in some of the teammates' body language. Oh, um, yeah. Specifically, I think that you find – I find myself watching them uh, in a bunch of, a bunch of like, half-court sets particularly where it seems like four guys are sitting there watching. Colin Sexton makes 25 dribbles and then takes, like, a, a pivot step, like – fakes turn around and comes back and hits like a fadeaway you know elbow yeah and even if he makes it or or if he misses it it just it doesn't look fun for everyone else at times you know what i mean no i totally get what you're saying and i think like obviously there's been teams like if you think about like a kobe team or like a michael jordan team or lebron team or whatever it is like obviously yes you're gonna like 
concede your touches to that player. They're the star of the team. If they want to take that many dribbles and pull up, that's probably your best chance to win anyways. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're Colin Sexton. Yeah. Like, exactly. You, I don't know. He's, he's not on that level to where he can demand the ball and have that many or that like time of possession by himself for that long. I guess that's also the struggle of being the guy that emerges from a, a full rebuild in the sense that Colin Sexton's first year is first year post LeBron. What his usage rate must have been ridiculous for a Oh, absolutely. Yeah. By himself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh I remember him I will say the play with LeBron. Yeah, Sorry, when he made his pitch. Get, yeah, he run draft night. He's yeah. like, LeBron, let's run it back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> but uh let me just say, I think this is a, a special kind of luxury in the NBA. Uh, Colin Sexton, 22. Darius Garland, 21. Uh, Jared Allen, 23. Evan Mobley, 20. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, 24. Um, Isaac Okoro, uh, 20. Um, let me keep looking and keep looking. I came uh, in like, I mean, understand in my mind that like a good portion of the players, like probably... 90% of the players you just listed are younger than us. Oh, I mean, the, we can have classes with these kids. Yeah, because I, I feel still very young. Yeah. But I'm older than, I think, all but one of the players that you just listed. Uh, you're not older than Sexton. No, no, you're, you're only older than uh, Jared. Uh, no. I messed this all up. Sorry. Counting 21. You're yeah, you're, you're older than Evan Mobley, Garland, and Isaac Coro. And Sexton, Jared Allen, okay. and Mark and are both older. Okay. I think than both of us. Uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Either way, like that's just, just like all the NBA. Like yeah. all these good players are now like, oh, he's been in the league for four years. Oh, he's twenty. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. The, the good old reality check when uh, when you realize that the incoming number one like NBA and NFL pick are going to be like three years younger than you. It's well, like birth date two thousand three. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> makes you feel like so inadequate yeah. as like a <laughs> athletic human being. It's like that's great to hear. I think the, the thing that kind of woke me up too was seeing the thing it was like either last year or like a couple years ago, and it was like, oh yeah, Devin Booker's been in the league for seven years. He's like twenty three. I was like, oh, that one's done. Yeah, the the dumbest one in my opinion is uh, uh, Joe Burrow being older than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson has an MVP. Yeah, that, and that's super wild. Especially in NFL, like yeah. it's so much different. He's been, played in like two or three playoffs. I think three. Mm-hmm. Well, his first year there in the playoffs, right? Then they lose the Chargers. Yeah, he plays yeah. Flacco uh, and then goes on that run. But mm-hmm. at any rate, I just think it's funny to think about that kind of stuff. Like, so it's just ridiculous. It you're, hurts. Hurts I mean, the soul. Yeah, you're, you're watching NBA any given night or NFL on a Sunday, and like these guys are, they're just mind blown. I don't even know what else to say. They're 19 years old and they can... I mean, Jalen Green, what is he, 19 years old? I wouldn't be surprised. Wasn't Zion like 18 when he started playing? Mm -hmm. What is Jalen Green, actually? I I know he's far younger than us. Jalen Green played a really good first half against the Lakers in their game, their last game, and also like a very good last two minutes. Dude, those shots he was hitting were crazy. Those two threes were ridiculous. I I can't believe we didn't bring that up. Uh, And also, he can jump like he's jumping off a trampoline. Yeah. It's wild. He, he can. Did you see though? It's a uh, quick. He he came down the lane on LeBron. Oh, LeBron and, knew he was yeah. going up. And LeBron, yeah. they, LeBron made eye contact with him, and, it, and you could tell it was kind of like I'm I'm not letting this one happen. Yeah, like, he just took yeah. the charge. He knew he was going to jump. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, uh, Jared Allen, uh, February 9th, two thousand two. Jared Allen. I'm mean, I'm sorry, not Jared. Jalen Green. I'm, oh, I'm bro, I was about to yeah. say <laughs> Jalen Green. Uh, February 9th, two thousand two. That's just. So, like, barely awesome. older than my little sister. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, love to see it. 
But so we just kind of had a huge tangent on the Cavs. Let's pull back to uh, some some, some over, Hornets talk. Some Hornets talk. I was I was eyeing that team up next. Um, I I love watching the Hornets play. And I, interestingly enough, I just looked at the NBA standings. It's it's always funny looking at it right now. And like how drastically it changes in a oh, week. Oh, absolutely. I, I just thought of it because Bucks like, are like four and four sitting there at the like barely making the play in turning. Yeah, like New York the New York Knicks Twitter was like posting a picture of like the Knicks at five and one and the Nets at like th- uh, two and three. And then now they have the same record. Yeah, now they have the exact same yeah. record. And the and the Nets are have the tie break. Hey Katie, I'm sorry <laughs> you didn't come to the Knicks. <laughs> Yo, if if you guys have the time, look up the uh I don't even know how to describe it. Just go on Twitter and type in like New York Knicks fans go crazy. Fans, over, yeah. yeah. No, type in New York Knicks Trey Young fans. Oh yeah, yeah. They they go wild on Trey Young. They go on Brady. Yeah, like, they're just, just talking about Brady. Dude, they're just like, going wild. It's like the funniest video ever. It's we spoke on that Boston pack tonight. <laughs> the, those guys are insane. But still, just kind of a funny observation to see uh, the Charlotte Hornets at the nine seed at five and four, and the Milwaukee Bucks at five hundred. Right below them. Right. Um, but yeah, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, they've lost their last two, which were both, uh, no, not both, uh, I'm sorry, the Cavs game was, was a pretty close one. Uh, and that one kind of bummed me out because it was it kind of felt like the Celtics game that they played earlier in the season where they could have really won. Um, I love watching the Hornets. I think they're so fun to watch. They're a really exciting team. I mean, Miles Bridges looks really good. I was about to say, they're flashy because they have like LaMelo who has all the flashy passes and like, the dribble moves and everything. And you have Miles Bridges, who's actually going to tear the rim off of the basket yeah. if he gets a chance. So, just a fun team to watch. And plus, like I know we've mentioned this too, the announcers are just absurdly funny. There's nothing better. Just wild. Yeah. Um, um, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like I'm looking at their their numbers as a team. You have Miles Bridges leading scoring uh, with 24 points a game, and uh, hmm. I just think it's interesting. I mean, let's let's bump PJ Washington up a tenth of a point to uh, ten points solid per game, and you have six players averaging over ten points. Miles um, Bridges twenty four, Lamelo just under twenty, Gordon Hayward seventeen, Kelly Oubre thirteen, Terry Rozier twelve. Uh, he's only played four games, and PJ Washington without a single start, uh, ten points a game essentially on the year. So, I, I, I mean, this seems like a team that really likes each other and loves playing with each other, you know what I mean? The chemistry seems really good, and if you yeah. can share the ball like that, you're definitely going to win. Mm-hmm. More passes means more open shots for the most part. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, especially for such a young team, it's good that they kind of have that in the back of their heads already going forward. Um, I love watching them play. That's all I can say. No, they, yeah, they're super fun. And, like, also I just wanted to mention really quick, just as I'm looking at these standings, um, so we've kind of talked about... Mobley, who's one of the top picks. Talk about Jalen Green. But Kate Cunningham played his first game the other night. I, I don't did, think he did. Who? Who? Yeah, I don't think he did much. <laughs> did he? Like, I, I haven't heard about Kate Cunningham at all this year. It's kind of funny. I think he played one game. I mean, it's just because the Pistons have been so bad for a long time and they're yeah. bad right now. So. Oh, he's played two. I just. I, I did, oh, he's played two yeah. games. I saw him against the Magic. The Against the Magic, he was. Very uninspiring. Um, he played two days ago against the the Bucks for a nice six points on fourteen percent from the field. I never really thought he'd be that good. I, I uh, on a on my clown Twitter, I had a, a second round evaluation on Kate Brown. Really? <laughs> well, well, hey, dude, honestly, I I hadn't really watched many college games, but I remember watching Attorney. March Madness and just seeing him chuck up three after three with the same result, just like slapping the backboard. And you're like, dude. 
That team sucked. That yeah. team was bad, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think find it inspiring to watch. I uh, there was all there was a lot of sentiment in my house that we really didn't like Kate Cunningham from, mm-hmm. based off last March Madness. Mm-hmm. We were, I mean, we were all talking about it. And, I don't know. I just didn't really like. I mean, I can see the the shooting wise, he looks like a natural shooter, but just looks fluid. I don't know. I just I don't just, know how I feel. We're shrugging our shoulders over here. Yeah, I don't. I just kind of like. I never really got super fired up over Kate Cunningham. I yeah. Don't, I don't, I didn't understand why he was going to be picked first. Like, yeah. Like the unanimous one. Yeah. yeah. I, never really, I never really got that. But I would say if you had to go, uh, if you had to go to the, the power rankings of the rookies, I mean, it would have to be Mobley, Jalen Green, and Chris Duarte in some order, right? Mm-hmm. I think for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it depends what you value. I mean, Duarte just looks like a polished NBA player from day one, considering he's 24. He's like as old as Devin Booker yeah. is right now. But, uh, yeah. That, I mean, and then just before we hop over to the Western Conference, just something to kind of note, too, and you said it perfectly when you said, like, all these records could change so drastically within the next week and a half. Exactly. Um, Toronto Raptors are in fourth place in the East. The Toronto Raptors are. Everyone thought they'd be sitting at the bottom with the Magic Pistons, and, uh, (laughs) I mean, I think people thought the Cavs were going to be down there, too, but uh, it just shows you that... You never really know what's going to happen. Maybe they've had some favorable games, but they, they might have smacked their draft pick with Scotty Barnes. And I, I kind of pooped on him yeah. in, our, in our segment. They might have smacked that head on. Um, I forgot to mention Scotty Barnes when I mentioned the, the power rankings of the rookies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even, I don't know why. I, I, he slips my head every time I think of the rookies for some reason. It's the team, I think. It's just the Raptors are kind of so far away from us that we just don't really think about them. He also has the name of a Hall of Famer. Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. Yeah. Seems like he's just been in the league for a minute. But yeah, the, the Raptors have pulled off, what, five in a row? They're uh Beat the Pacers, beat the Magic, beat the Pacers again, beat the Knicks, and then just beat the Wizards. With uh, no so Siakam, too. Exactly. They, has Siakam played a game? I don't think so. No. Yeah, he hasn't played a game. Uh, I think they signed him to their G League team to kind of get some reps in. So he go play down there and then come up. I didn't. I actually didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, but OG Ananobi looks good, uh, and so does uh, uh, Van Fleet. Maybe the coolest first name. Yeah, OG. OG. Yeah. I really like Fred Van Fleet, by the way. Uh, he, he really captured my heart in their in their just, title run just a class act that guy seriously that, that guy that guy um let's jump over to the to the west i don't yeah, know i mean kind of already talked other, about the first two seeds yeah my only other comment on the east would be the the celtics are a little worrisome yeah they had that conversation like they all met together yeah. to talk about like the chemistry and how they're that's weird i'm just gonna throw it out there jalen brown's the better guy oh i'm just gonna throw it out there oh I think, I mean, you do have a case this, this year especially. And, I, and I'm not, I don't want to be the guy that's just saying that based off of seven games and annoy, ignoring everything else, or eight games, but I really like Jalen Brown. I really like me some Jalen Brown. He's, like, I would love to have that guy on whatever team I root for, you know what I mean? I do. I, I think, too, just, for, for me, it's kind of a big deal, but just if you can also score, but then, like, lock down the other team's best player, like, mm-hmm. that makes you, like, definitely better than everyone on your team, so... I don't think Jason Tatum really guards like that. Yeah, but Tatum just has the transcendent size and, and ability scoring, to score. Yeah, yeah, scoring ability for sure. But Jalen Brown, he's special. He's like also the way I look at it too, and I think it's kind of an interesting exercise. Is like at the end of the day, even if you're an NBA player and you're paid thirty million dollars to do this job, like 
you want to play with someone who's fun to play with. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And Jalen Brown seems like he's very fun to play with. Yeah, you want to play with people... Kind of like, like Lonzo and LaMelo in a, in a different sense. Like, I, I feel like if I'm a top-tier NBA player, which I could have been... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which he chose not to. Uh, like, I would... I would love to play with Lonzo and Lamella. You know what I mean? Someone that could set you and, up like that and yeah. also have that ability and, to score and kind of... And on top of that, I would love to play with Jalen Brown. Yeah. I, I, for the same reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But maybe... Uh, I think that a, a lot of Celtics fans maybe have felt that way too, that maybe just Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't the, aren't the mash for the, the two guys to build around. And that's that's kind of worrisome because you eventually got to pick one, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you can't keep paying them both forever, I guess, if you're not going to win. Yeah. But... Who, I mean, who would you pick right now if you're trying to win? And, and not and not even just like saying, you know, I think... Are, are we looking at this from like a historical standpoint or like this year? I know, just like if you're, if you're, uh, what the hell's his name, Brad, uh, Brad Stevens, and you're the new GM. Yeah, you're the new GM of the Boston Celtics. And you're, I mean, you, we've, we've watched Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in front of our eyes. Like they were rookies and sophomores playing against LeBron in the, the conference final. Mm-hmm. Uh... You know, I probably would still take Jason Tatum at this point. So respectable at this point. But if like, because he's kind of he's kind of on the downturn right now. So if I would that just trend keeps up. Mm-hmm. I, I'd choose Brown. Just curious. That was a an interesting thought. But yeah, let's let's switch over to the West. We we talked uh, Jazz and we talked Warriors, uh, the Mavericks. And I know we talked about briefly. It's kind of interesting. They have like a negative point differential averaged out in all their games. Um, yeah, they're five and three. I don't bad team makeup. I don't know if they like. They just don't. They don't do it for me right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, we've talked about it before. They just need to get rid of KP mm-hmm. just straight up, which they should have done like in the off season years but. ago. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much to say about the Mavericks. Quite honestly, I think that they. Uh, I really hope that they get this this ship together. I guess on the same. Uh, all move in the same direction, but I just think like Luca has not played that well all in all. He hasn't um, shot well at all. Hasn't shot well. Turned the ball over a lot. Um, I think he's averaging almost five turnovers a game. Yeah, four turnovers a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Brunson's played well. Dude, yeah, he has had a thirty-one point game last night. And KP just in street clothes, non-existent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Talk about the Lakers. Yeah, we we dove into the Lakers, which I think is going to be a, a recurring theme. Uh, the Grizzlies are very fun to watch. I don't know how great I think they are, though. I think they're one of those teams that are, like, just barely sub-tier below, like, Cavs, Hornets. Like, they're still, like, performing a lot better than people thought they would this year. I think they might be better than the Cavs. I think, really? Yeah. Okay. And, and I, so they're in that same tier, then, in your yeah. mind? Yeah. Okay. Because that's where I think it's weird, because, I mean, the Cavs... I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's more just the Cavs have stunk for four years. Anytime, okay, yeah, they're gonna, anytime they're going to be good, you're going to note it. Um, we have some recency bias with the yeah. Grizzlies being in the playoffs last year. Exactly. I mean, but the Grizzlies made a move that seemed to just take them a couple steps back this offseason when they ship out Valanciunas for Steven Adams, um, which, I mean, I mean, I guess was there was cap implications to it, but it seemed a little unprovoked. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just think Jaws that special, and I'm excited to to watch him going forward. And I hope uh, Jaron Jackson starts to play a little bit better. Let me read you the stat about Jaw that I saw from a couple days ago. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's changed a little bit by now. But so it was a stat about the league leaders with the most paint points per game. 
Ja led, or he was tied for first with Anthony Davis at 16 a game. That was ahead of, obviously, Giannis at 15.2, Jokic at 14.4, and then also uh, Montrez Harrell at 14.4. That's insane. So, like, as a guard, the only guard on that whole list. I mean... That's crazy. Yeah. Jaws just the, uh, the next iteration of Russell Westbrook. I'm not even kidding. Or, like, yeah. a different healthy D-Rose yeah. type. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're obviously different players, but it's just... I mean, the, the ability to penetrate the paint is, like... It's so reminiscent, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of, of a young Russ. I almost I almost just see him more as Rose, just because maybe it's his build. He's kind of that like, slimmer lanky. frame. Yeah. yeah. A little lanky. Mm-hmm. But, well, yeah, either way, same, same type of thing. What do you think about the Suns? I don't know. I think they are a good team, but recently they've struggled. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't know if it's just the, the drama that's going on with their their what do they, what do they call them? Not a president. What, they had an owner. A weird, but there was like I saw a report and it had a really weird title for him. Let me see if I can find it while we're just sitting here. Um, oh, Suns Governor is what they called him. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but I mean, a lot of stuff going on there. They, you would think that they would still be at the top considering they went to the NBA Finals last year, but maybe it's a slump, at least in the beginning of the season. I think eventually they're going to pick it up, though, kind of similar to what we said about the Lakers and the Nets. Yeah, I think they'll pick it up, and I think I think I said this exactly last time. I think they know who they are, and that gives me comfort. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of noise going on. That Sarver, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, article, I think dropped today. I, yeah, they, I think ESPN released the, yeah, the, the investigation. The full it. thing's pretty brutal. I was reading a little bit about it. Um, but let's see what happens. I mean, the Suns also have, uh, I would imagine, maybe a little bit of a gridlock with the DA thing going on. Yeah. You know, how does Aiden feel about the team? How does like how does he perceive it? I wonder how his teammates perceive it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I do think, though, like to their benefit, kind of similar to the Jazz, they do have a lot of returning players, so that chemistry yep. will kind of build exactly. and stack. But I don't know. There's a lot of just a lot of like locker room talk, for example, or I guess for inference going on um, behind the scenes. So yeah. it's just hard to see. I would agree. Hard to say what's going on. Um, I honestly, I'm looking at the rest of the West. Uh, I think that there's a lot of bad teams uh, when you look at <laughs> when you look at the bottom of the West. Uh, I think the, the I think the Pelicans are just awful. Pelicans are bad. Without Zion, especially, they're just bad. But Thunder are bad. They're Thunder just young, though. They're fun to watch. They're fun. They're young. I'm, I'm having uh, some fun seeing Josh Giddy and, and SGA you know, work this out. Um, Rockets are bad. They're in that same category. Rockets are young. bad. The Rockets are bad. They're but, bad, and they're young, and they're really fun, but they're not going to win a lot of games. No. But uh, Christian Wood, Kevin Porter, uh, Jalen Green now, I mean, they got some nice... Some nice assets. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad uh, three guys to to look forward to. Kenyon Martin Jr. Every once in a while, making some plays. Yeah, the Spurs. I mean, it's just weird looking at the Spurs at, at two and six at the bottom. But I after mean, our whole lives, they're so good. But this is. I mean, this is their time. They're they're running out a really young roster. I think Pop might leave after this year too. Really, kind of call it. Yeah, that'd be tough. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. This this analysis on these these lower end Western teams is very uninspiring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, just no reason to watch their games. Yeah. You kind of know what's going to happen, you know. Actually, that that's let's finish it off with this. I just want to ask because I think this kind of explains why we maybe don't have uh, as much to say about some of these teams left. You're sitting down with nothing to do for the rest of the night. Top three teams that you're going to put on on the pass in order. 
and, d- and don't include if they like yeah. do they have to be playing tonight or just like no, have, just like like okay out of this you're sitting on the couch you have nothing to do you're done mm-hmm. with your homework and you tr- and every team's playing on on mm-hmm. at the exact same time mm-hmm. who are your top three teams in order not including the nets and not including the lakers okay uh probably putting on the heat number one uh-huh um and then just because I'm kind of interested in them, and I haven't watched a lot of the games, I'd probably throw in a Bulls game. Just because they are sitting at 6-2, and two, which I, I kind of want to see if it was a fluke or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess for three, maybe the Warriors, just because they're always fun to watch. They're always just very high-volume scoring. So that those are probably my three. So You had a pretty... Yeah. Heat, uh, Bulls, and then Warriors. That was, like, nearly... Very identical to mine, but let me throw it. Let me change it up a little bit just because number one for me is the Hornets. Like, I love watching okay. the Hornets. Uh, I just find them to be very fun. The announcers make it that much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, two for me, I don't want to say the Heat, but I really do like watching them play. These last couple of games, like, they've they look like a team that knows oh, yeah. that knows who they are, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. already. Um, so I would say Heat two probably, and then three. I want to say Bulls, but I need to watch more of them. So I'd probably have to say Warriors, and a very close four would be the Grizzlies. Okay, I was thinking Grizzlies too, but yeah. since I, ha- I have watched a couple of the games already, so I just kind of want to mix it up. Yeah, I need to watch. I need to watch more Bulls games. That's simple. I tried to watch. Uh, I don't remember if it was opening night, but there was like literally so many games going on that I had it um, split up into fours. My screens too much. Four games going. I just can't keep track of what's it's going too on. Too much at that going point. and you can't even see. No, you uh, can't. By the way, let's. I just want to leave this on a closing note. DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, he's been playing outstanding. He looks like he's going back in time a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would also, just as we're mentioning him, I want to also throw in PG into that conversation, too. Oh. Both of those guys have been kind of just like, not that their careers were like terrible, but they kind of revitalized themselves almost to where... In, in different ways. D- different in, ways, in different ways. yeah. And, and I would say also on top of that, the PG one... Maybe a little more understanding because of no Kawhi, no, you know, the, oh, yeah. the team buildup. Absolutely, but yeah. Tamar DeRozan averaging 27 a game with Zach Levine, Vucevic, and Lonzo Ball. Huge pickup. That's pretty nice, man. Uh, I mean, not to mention that this is always great to see you. They are a young team, so I wouldn't expect anything other. But Tamar uh, DeRozan, Zach Levine, Vucevic, and Lonzo have started all their eight games so far, um, which you always want to see early. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say. Did DeMarco for 35 the other night? He went for 37 back-to-back. Uh, that would be last night against the Sixers and then two nights before against the, uh, the Celtics. And, wow, he had a 32-point game against the Jazz before that. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, a lot of teams are kind of kicking themselves in the leg, man, for not trying to pick him up because there was some talk. I know there was a lot of talk about the Lakers wanting him. He wanted to go home to L.A. Mm-hmm. And now just, I mean, maybe it wouldn't have worked in the Lakers system and with the players they have there, but just looking at it now, you're like, a lot of hindsight. You're like, oh, shoot. That man can score. He can score. But he's similar to D-Book, mid-range. That's where he likes to do He doesn't even like shooting threes. No, I know. Did, I know. Did you see the video, too? This is what... So, like, this is where it all kind of just comes for a full circle. Just the game of life. But I saw a video before the season started of DeMar. Before he had signed with the, the Bulls. This was a while back. Um, and he was walking out of like Disneyland or something with like a bunch of his friends and his like his kid and whatever and some interviewer was like who's the best isolation scorer in the NBA and he was like DeMar DeRozan just yeah. walked away yeah I saw that that was awesome <laughs> uh, and I, now I mean he, he really is just such a good scorer so I mean can't even clown on him 
Yeah, I always used to love watching his highlights from like the Drew League because he'd always go play in those games too. And like, obviously, he's not playing against like all NBA caliber players, but dude. Yeah, you know we uh, we watched the last Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry game together at your house. Oh yeah, when they were playing the Cavs mm-hmm. in, the, in the conference conference finals or semis. Was one Ooh, of I don't I remember which one it was. I, it might have been semi. I just remember sitting in your backyard watching the end of an era. Just playing pool ball, yeah. watching some, some ball while we were playing yeah. ball. Uh, do you have anything else? I think we, I, we covered a lot today. I mean, just really quick note, just some quick NHL talk. We don't know much about hockey, but we are from Vegas. Um, Golden Knights have kind of always been in the hunt for some championship rings. Never really got it done. Closest we came was in our first year. Um which is kind of crazy, but Ridiculous. so we have a pretty, pretty expensive roster, pretty uh, star formulated roster, I guess you could say. Um, we made a huge trade today, and let me pull it up really quick. I'm not sure how to say his name, but Jack Eichel, Eichel, something like that. Um, that just goes to show that I don't watch hockey because <laughs> apparently he's a three-time all-star and he's only 24, so like everyone should know his name if you're a hockey fan. Um, we don't. <laughs> I don't, sadly. Uh, he's been averaging over a point per game for the past three years, which is like an actual insane stat for hockey. Ridiculous. Um, so we'll see if they can get anything done. But other than that, I have nothing to say. I don't. Oh, I mean, also shows how much we uh, we stay in tune. But uh, the Atlanta Braves did win the World Series. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, we can't talk about a little bit of baseball, I guess. An hour forty-eight into the podcast, we finally mention uh, Braves are champions. The Atlanta Braves win the World Series. Uh, what's, what's his face? Mattress Mac or whatever? Ma- Mattress Mac. Lost he, a whole bunch of money. He's a devastated man. Yeah. To well, say the least. Luckily he's an old man, so he doesn't have to be devastated yeah. for he'll, he'll keep selling mattresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say on top of that? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, how comedy. No coverage of the World Series on ESPN. Mm-mm. Zero. Well, if you think about it, there's just so many other sports going on right now. It's so tough. Like... Yes, it is like the biggest sporting event for baseball of the year, but like you have NBA, yeah. NFL, going still on, zero coverage, NHL. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I mean, as much as I hate to say it for like baseball fans, baseball is kind of it's really boring. It, well, and it's also like teetering out. Almost. Oh, like if you look at games and you see the fans, like dude, those stadiums aren't even being close to filled. I'm I haven't watched. There, there is no way in my lifetime I've watched a dozen baseball games. I I refuse to watch them on TV. I've yeah. been to like a couple, maybe in person. I think I've been to three. I've been. I can think of like a couple times I went. The most recent was um, someone for my 19th birthday took me to a Vegas minor league oh, game. Massive game. Cool park because it was a new yeah, brand new park, new arena or yeah, new. No, uh, we call it parks. Field, baseball. whatever you want to call park. it. Yeah, it's okay. a brand new park. New, new park. Yeah, it's a park. there was like swings also. Um, but no, it was a, uh, it was cold, and we left after the third inning because it was just taking too long. Rough. I just couldn't pay attention. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm I'm currently like scouring my brain for any other headlines that happened. Uh, no, there were some UFC fights. I know Yam. Um, oh, doesn't a uh, uh, Canelo fight this weekend? Yes, him and uh, what's his name? Like they hate each other. It's an American dude too. What the heck's the guy's name? Uh, Usman Covington fights this weekend, by the way. I did. That'll be that'll be crazy. That'll I be have to watch that. Um, but let me find this this 
What is his name? It's like Canelo. Cade Plant. That's what it Cade is. Cade Plant. Okay. Caleb Plant. I'm sorry. Caleb Plant. Caleb, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, That'd be a good fight, though. They, didn't they have a brawl at the, the press conference? Yeah, because I think, I think Canelo made the dudes like, I get cut up by his glasses or something because he slapped him. Wait, did you see Canelo's tweet where he like... He tweeted the the video of their fight, and, and his comment is, "Don't talk about my mother." Yeah, period. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's taking it serious. He's probably got some uh, some bad blood coming in, some anger if you're talking about someone's mom. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Wait. Oh, also, uh, this this is news. I actually forgot to mention this. Um, uh, Forbes dropped their uh, wealthiest athletes of all time. Uh, it turns out LeBron's broke. Uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan, two point six billion. Mm. Uh, Tiger Woods, two point one billion. That's crazy. Arnold Palmer, one point five billion. Another golfer, Jack Nicklaus, one point three eight billion. Cristiano Ronaldo, one point two four billion. Floyd Mayweather, one point two billion. Yeah, but he has no money currently. Yeah, and at, and at the lowly number seven position, LeBron James, one point one seven billion, and uh, mm. Lionel Messi at one point one four billion, and. Who knew there was that much money in golf? There's a lot of money in golf. Yeah, that's crazy. Especially the equipment sales. That's really crazy. Yeah. The, the, I mean, it's no different than Michael Jordan's brand. You know, that's like true, Tiger yeah. Wood and, uh-huh. and Michael Jordan, both Nike. Uh, that's ridiculous. Still, Braun sucks. Boy, <laughs> 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 I'm playing. Uh, I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. We've talked for a while. We've talked way too much. Uh, sick of hearing our voices. Seriously. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We'll be back next week. Uh, the Bears and the Cards. Uh, who did the Bears play? Steelers Monday night. Yeah, Bears play Steelers Monday night. Cards play in San Francisco. Uh, I didn't really mention it. Uh, we don't really know if Kyler's going to play. We don't know if D-Hop's going to play. Uh, but we're we're progressively at the same time still getting healthier. So uh, it's nice to it's nice to see Rodney Hudson back. And uh, let's see what happens. Go Cards. Let's go.